We won a game yesterday. And if we win one today, that's two in a row. We win one tomorrow, that's called a winning streak. Well, we can beat that. We got a hot A.J. Hoffman here, and we got an offer for you, and then we're on to the pod, which was good, good, good plus, I'd say very good, almost fine. Fez had some amazing points. I think some of Fez's highs of the year, high points, and some lows, some lows too. A lot of, lot of movie quotes. I think we got to put a quote on those, Fez. What do you think? Just, just maybe um, 80, 90% less, I think. Just, just <laughs> move the left. No, 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 no. Here's, here's your problem with it, though. When you do it and you, it falls flat, you keep going. That's an amateur mistake. When something falls flat, you just let it go and, and, and groove out of it, right? But you you look around, no one's laughing, and you'll do the next. You ever notice that? You know what I'm talking about? I think I just I, I panned a critically acclaimed Warren Beatty movie and I got in trouble. No, I don't. No, I don't. I don't care about. Re- yeah, he pan. It's funny. He goes. You know what I think the problem is? When I did my movie review of Reds, you didn't like it. That movie from 82? Maybe that is... I'll be honest. I don't know anyone who likes Reds. And I don't know anyone talking about no. Reds. But speaking of not being in the Red, uh-huh, A.J. Hoffman, up 24 units this season. And in the last two weeks, he's up 31 units. I'm going to do some quick math. You were losing before I was. That. This is the guy, let's be honest, college basketball has changed more than any sport probably ever has in one year. If you think, like last year, with the transfer portal and all the questions, and let's be honest, some people got it early, some people didn't. What matters now, well, one, if you started from the beginning, you're up big. If you start now, you get to ride the winning streak, and March Madness is coming up. We've got a coupon for you, Dream 25. Pretty simple, Dream 25, you get 25 bucks off of what? Anything. It's good through Monday. You want to get AJ? Great. You want to get some more likely conference championship games? And speaking of football, we got the only two-time Super Contest champion. Only one. Fez, what's on tap for conference finals? Big football Sunday. Get every. Are you imitating like someone from like the Jim Faye show? <laughs> you got to get this play... Get every play that I make. I've got two of them up already. Both of the numbers widely available. I expect to have about seven widely available bets during the conference championship. Two games, seven bets. Props. You're betting overs and unders in the same game? No, props. I tell you, those props. I don't think the books like these props because the Sharps, guys like you and the Hitman, are killing it. Yeah, and just uh, looking forward to the Super Bowl last three years. 23 and 6, that's 79% on the Super Bowl. The last three years on all my releases, widely available. 23 winners, six losers. Yes. There was a tie. Oh, well, forget it then. <laughs> Guys, honestly, you might say, oh, if there's a dozen, two, you know, dozen handicappers, someone's going to be hot. Okay, except this is the pod. AJ, a monster NFL season. AJ, hot in college basketball, up 30 units and up 20 some for the season. Fez, Perpetual winning, but again, another one. Uh, Scott, killing hockey. You didn't even mention 54% in college football, up 14 units. For the Who's season. that? That was me. And that was before the plus 54%? Tw- plus the plus 20 units on Can I make any money on it? But can I bet college football now? No. 
Yeah, I talk about money now. Now, next year we'll be all talking right, about all right, those all right. units. Like I was sixty percent college football. I didn't even oh, bring it up. Didn't so, even bring so it up. Any, so for any of you <laughs> that feel sorry for me sometimes, yes, it's true. You should. <laughs> all right, here it is. Dream twenty five. Go get them. There's so much action. This is kind of like you don't want to be left out. And I tell you this: the worst thing is to be on the plain wrong side. We minimize that chance. Pregame.com. Just go to the buy picks. If you want picks, if you don't, do us a favor. Spread the word about the pod. That's all we ask. We don't need anything else. But if you want to send me food, hit me on Twitter. Probably not, but enjoy the show. There's games, and then there's championship games. Championship weekend. We got a full house. We worked overtime. We're recording late, so there's more prep time. Full wise guy round table to my right, AJ Hoffman. Now you might think, how'd AJ do this year? I heard he was doing real well. He's done exceptionally well. AJ, on your five stars, 14 and six. On your four stars, you dropped off a little, 14 and six. Oh, wait, exactly the same. Eleven and six. Now, how's that work? Three pushes, I assume. No, early in the season, you you had Scott and I because oh, we weren't were the experts, on... just doing two oh. games. So in a way, it was like Tom Brady going one ninety nine. You were so motivated. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. And when you add them all up, fifty seven and thirty three. And if you look at just those top ones, thirty nine and eighteen, that's over seventy percent. The thirty nine and eighteen. Unbelievable. He can go 0 and 10 and still hit 57% for the year. <laughs> How's guys, he going 0 and 10? You guys trained me be well. Here's what, here's what we're going to do today. We're going to have one force pick. It can be on a side total, quarter, over, under. It, it, it's not going to be props. We're going to have props, but we're going to give you something you can bet that's game-related, that's you know score-related for the teams. And then on the other game, we're going to have an opinion, and it can be anything you want. It can be a prop, whatever. And if you want some bonus props, you throw them in. I know Scott's got a list of them, I think, here. I might book one of them. I got a prop, actually. It's my prop championship game of the decade. Ooh. Or, or prop of the decade in championship games involves Cincinnati. Okay. And Kansas City. I figured it would involve both. <laughs> if you have if you have a better one three years from now, will that sub- supplant this exactly? One? Because yes. you can, how I can't tell the future. Sure. If I could tell the future, I'd be a hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> now, AJ, you don't know this, but at the end, we're going to have a, a, a deep dive into your teams just to see how you're feeling psychologically. You seem. A, I only have one team. First of all, you got the Bills. You uh, got the Chargers. I don't care about the Chargers. You you've renounced them. See, no, I, I've we, I've always renounced. I just care about one guy. All right, Herbert, yeah. because. Boy, the narrative has changed. Steve Fezzik also here, two-time Super Contest champion. We did a top five, what, a week ago? Less than that, right? It was last week, yeah. Yeah, it was like Thursday. Thursday. And he had Herbert number two. Number three. Number three? Yeah, Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, Burrow, Trevor Lawrence. That wasn't a good week for you, was it? <laughs> well, it certainly wasn't a good weekend. He's pretty good, right? He is pretty good. Now, do, yeah. do you recall my list? Uh, yours was Mahomes, uh-huh. Burrow. Stop there. Doesn't that sit well at this point? It does. It does. I haven't even heard. The question now really is Burrow 
or Mahomes, which I think is insane. To say this is the R.J. Bell timber point, this is the first time that we've ever even had this discussion. We're like, ooh, now that Mahomes got injured and Burrow, hmm. Do you guys remember three years ago when we were talking about Patrick Mahomes being the best quarterback that's ever walked the earth? I wasn't saying that. No, but you remember that was like the the general narrative? Like, we're already ready to crown him. It kind of still is. Well, he's one win away from rarefied air. Yeah. how so? Who are we talking about? Mahomes. What's the, what's the three Super Bowls in four years? Three Super Bowl appearances in four years? How many quarterbacks have done that? Jim Kelly. Yeah. No, no. I mean, if he wins, <laughs> yeah. a, if he wins a second one, you know, I, I rarefied for sure. He's rarefied. Yeah. Regard. I mean, I, I think it's un, he's already in the hall. I mean, does if he retires after this year, he's in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. So I mean, the guy. And again, I let's be candid. If you, as you get older, there's a little tendency not to embrace the new guy. It's like, oh, that's not like Joe Montana. That's a this guy's tough, man. Mm. I mean, he's tough. He he wins. Now, again, Super Bowls, he hasn't. So, in the biggest game. He's one and one. Yeah. That, but you, I mean, like, Montana undefeated. Bradshaw. There is a mystique with that. Now, Brady has so many. The fact he lost a few doesn't mm-hmm. bother anyone. My husband cannot pass and block <laughs> at the same time. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but I do think, in hindsight, the idea of Herbert being better in Burrow that's not going to age It well, seems no. ridiculous almost. Are you sticking to that? I'll stick to it. AJ is Burrow. What do you tell me? Don't don't uh, don't make adjustments on short sample sizes, right? Well, let me talk about a big sample size. What here's a prop bet. So let's assume that Burrow never wins a road playoff game the rest of his life. Not a good assumption. Will will um will Herbs catch him? Well, will Herbs catch him in playoff wins the rest of yeah. his life? Or road playoff wins. I would argue no. I th- I think Burrow could retire right now and still beat him. Scott and I had this conversation last night, and I think Joe Burrow— on s- Straight out of Vegas AM? Yeah, straight, well, sorry. Yeah, yeah, straight out of Vegas AM, which comes out at 2 a.m. Uh, Pacific time, for those of you who are unaware. We talked about the, the, the maybe comparing Joe, Joe Burrow to Tom Brady and how we were talking really about Mahomes and Burrow, but Burrow being this guy who wins big games if he, if he ends up going that route— and it doesn't. Huh? I, you said three things that don't make sense. Well, what are you saying to start with? What I'm you saying said, is, it says Joe Burrow, Tom Brady go, but really we were talking about Mahomes comping Mahomes to Peyton Manning and oh, okay. Burrow to you Tom Brady. That part. How one guy puts up all these crazy numbers to go along with it. That's Mahomes. Then, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Mahomes, are, but but he already has a Super Bowl. He does. Okay. So well, and the assumption would be in this case that both had Super Bowls because that's what people were, are talking about now. If if, Bur- if Burrow wins the Super Bowl this year, he uh. surpasses Patrick Mahomes. Well, I don't think that's true. I think the whole narrative right now, to some degree, and Scott Seidenberg's here, the national champion of softball. Fifth that, place. Fifth place. Fifth place. Out of how many? Fifty-six. 50, they were all over fifty six years old. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So, so this was this was like you were telling us, or I was asking college players, like, some former college players. Yeah, a lot of a lot of really good competition. This, this was the best of the best. Legion ball, even. This was the best <laughs> of the best, representing your state. This was like the Olympics. So you were representing representing Nevada. Okay. How'd you get what? what you I was I was just and I don't want to I was thinking about the longest yard. Remember when the warden says semi present joke. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. The, the original? Or the yeah, one? the original. All right. I thought the Adam Sandler. Didn't he Adam Sandler? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. I haven't seen the original in a long time. What was it? Burt Reynolds? Burt Reynolds. Yeah, yeah. He was also he, in the reboot. 
Oh, you mean like one of those they show show like a cameo? No, yeah. he was a big part of it. He um, was like a warden or something, right? He worked. In no, the he was a fellow prisoner. Was no. he the same character? No, no, no. no. Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler played played the quarterback. Could have been crew. his son. I mean, I, I, you know, right? That's he was, just, that, he was he was a fellow inmate. Isn't that kind of what Maverick uh, Top Gun is? Yeah, yeah. well, that's Goose's son. That's yeah. done. It's done all right, I think. It's done really well. The Creed <laughs> Creed movie did all right. Yeah, the first one. The first, that's that's true. The third one comes out in, the, in the two months. The third Creed. Yeah, that's uh, a bridge too. But far, no, but maybe. no, no sly in that one though. Yeah, that that's a problem. That's a huge problem. That, the first, I thought the first one with Creed was good. I thought it was great. I Not mean, good. I, I would say that's an interesting discussion. The Didn't Sly get nominated for Best Supporting Actor? He, he yeah. was supposedly ready to win. Yeah, and then there was a backlash. Yeah, but he did win like the other award, like a Golden Globe or something or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like semi-pro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we've come full circle. <laughs> now, so Fez, here's what I find to be the shift in the. And the foundation of discussion, I guess, with this is I would say a majority of people six weeks ago even would have taken Herbert over Burrow for the career. Maybe 55 percent. I'm not saying that. Too close to call, I think. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I think the idea of durability was probably mm-hmm. the deciding factor. I think I even said that a year ago maybe. But what he's done in the playoff, because remember, he had his Burrow had his first year halfway through he got hurt, blew out his knee. And it was, in hindsight, a real serious, could be one of those he doesn't come back 100%. Mm-hmm. Right? Then he comes back and he's a little slow coming out of it last year. Mid-year, they weren't even a play. They were outside the playoffs from mid-year last year onward. And if you say, and this is a little too convenient, but if we say he had his appendix out, let's toss the first six games this year. And again, a little too convenient. But let's be honest, you win Super Bowls in December and January, meaning you get to the playoffs in December and you win them in January and February. That it's, that's what Belichick's teams do, get better and better. Burrow at the end of the year... I could make the case has been better than Mahomes the last two years. Oh yeah, and he's winning as as an underdog. So so Herbs is losing as a favorite <laughs> to trying to get into the playoffs. While um, are we talking like video games he's playing when the other players are in the playoffs? No, like the like the Raider game when the, oh, the, that the, was, the loser that must leave game. the loser must leave town game. Like to, who see? I think about it, the Raiders suck. And the oh Raiders go to the playoffs, and the Chargers and don't. Chargers just need a tie, just a tie. That's all they needed. But some people kept the faith. But let's be aggressive. Let's what, be aggressive. Here's what we're going to do. It did go to overtime, so the tie wasn't played. We're going to dig into this in depth at the end of our handicapping. I can't wait. And we just want candor from you because it's all give. There's you've heard of Schadenfreude, right? Mm-hmm. People like some people like other people suffering, so that crowd's going to love it. Just be honest, though. How you feeling? I feel like that's you right now. No, I just like the truth. Okay. Listen, Scott had a a nice celebration. That's been mentioned. We won't do a deep dive on it. That's another podcast. (laughs) All right. We ready? We're ready. Guys, we're going to let you start in honors. We're going to go rotation order. We got the Eagles hosting the 49ers. Two and a half with some extra vig in many spots. Eagles at home favor. Now to set up the game, 49ers on a massive win streak. What is the count on that win streak? 12 wins. 12 straight wins. I have a little stat here. Dave Letterman, it's like top 10. <laughs> Playoff team since uh, our database begins, and that's 2002. We got to, you know, I got to hand enter some of those playoffs and get back further. If you have a win streak of nine or more games, 
coming into the playoff game. So 49ers would have met this criteria last game too. Against the spread, six winners, 17 losers. Six and 17, and that's minus 3.1 points against the spread. 3.1 minus. All right, small sample. Was 4 and 17, right? Because the Bengals and San Fran that, both covered. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Wow. Yeah, I was to say, we've got two teams on that, uh, on that list this weekend. And, yeah. and you think about it. Uh, 23 oh. years, so it's about one a year there's been, and that is, you know, now there's going to be the third and fourth game this year, so it shows you this is an unusual year since he meets that criteria also more than nine, greater than or equal to nine. What do you think of the merit of that to start? Oh, it makes complete sense. I'm, the only concern I have is I believe that the betting markets have become so much sharper just in the last few years, so whenever there's a trend like this, it worked in 2010. It worked in 2017. Is it going to work when in 2023? When you say a trend like this. A team that's kicking ass, winning on a long winning streak, is going to get too much uh, support in the betting marketplace. So here's what I would say. One, I think, in the, and you tell me, NFL championship weekend, division round weekend, those kind of heightened interest by the general public. Do you feel like that the public's influence on the line is less than it was five years ago? No. It's more. I, I agree. I, I think uh, Portland State college basketball in February, it's probably more now or less now because the sharp, there's more professionals. That I agree. There's more professionals with money, but the but, but, but with all the legalization throughout the mm-hmm. states, the amount of money that's being wagered on Portland State may have gone up by 30, by 50 percent. Mm-hmm. The amount of money being bet on the conference championship game might be up by 300%. Or, I don't, yeah, or, or, who yeah, whatever the ratios are, you're saying maybe six times the growth. Yes. And I agree in the, directionally. And thus, though, if it's a trend that's about recency bias, about overreaction, I think they're going to be better. Mm-hmm. With, with, with who, who overreacts? It's the public, right? It's just what we're talking about. Joe Burrow or Mahomes isn't as good as Burrow. Overreaction. I think in general, the more public gets involved, the more these kind of trends work. I agree with that. So any other thoughts on this trend? And this does apply to Cincy and the 49ers. Okay, so hot streak there. Eagles, they started the year red hot, as we all know. Then Hurts got hurt, and there was a lot of questions. This line would have been pick them. And, Fez, you actually thought 49ers a slight or pick them or a slight favorite, you thought. Yes. What has changed in your mind that is this just wrong that it's two and a half in extra juice, or what's changed in that week? Three things happened. So the 49ers, right, two things happened. The 49ers met expectations. I know they won by seven, but it was unimpressive. But this is fine. The defense they, was extremely impressive. Extremely impressive. The uh, two things happened with the Eagles. Obviously, they crunched the Giants. That's significant. We got to upgrade them. And we found out that Hertz, he may not be a hundred percent, but he's at least, you know, at least eighty-five percent. He's healthy enough to kick ass. And we were we were there was not that, confident. That, in that uncertainty existed. There's less uncertainty now. Exactly. Or more certainty, another way to say so, that. So so maybe there it seemed like the market's up is, is upgrading them a point for uh, the performance and a point for Hertz being healthier. Okay. I can accept that. Um uh-huh. That makes sense. And Real quick, because we're talking lines, where do you see this one closing? Eagles, 49ers. 2.7. All right. If you're looking to take a plus three, you're going to get it? If, you, if you're nimble? I don't even think you're going to need to be nimble. I think 
geographical biases. We talked about all the legalization. Where's new better, betters, new big betters coming from the East Coast? Where do the Eagles play? The East Coast. Where do the Niners play? The West Coast. So we were already seeing this earlier in the day. I saw up in Reno, Peppermill, Atlantis, they're still dealing on the money line, minus 135, the lowest money line anywhere. Because again, the, the 35 of the, what's the market money line? Like minus 148. Mm-hmm. All right. So they're getting hit with San Fran money and San Fran to win the square ball bet, not the, you know, plus the points necessarily. Whereas if you go to the East Coast, um, there's like one little crappy book in Delaware Downs and they're at three already. But DraftKings, like minus two and a half, late 15, the extra vig at these East Coast predominant books. It's not just at minus two and a half, but there's a little extra vig associated with the Eagles telling me they're getting hit with a whole bunch of fly Eagles fly money. Which is interesting because you'll see like DraftKings has the two and a half at minus 115, but the South Point here just has a two and a half flat. Hmm. And and, and what would you say? I would say you get West Coast money coming in to bet locally here mm-hmm. as opposed to the East Coast money in the books that are online. That's a good point. I mean, it, it, the, the Dodgers or the L.A. teams typically are uh, get a lot of action in Vegas because of geographic proximity. Mm-hmm. Yes. Concept. So this feels like the old school glory days, the halcyon days of <laughs> – the 80s, the nine, early 90s, where there were no, no national books. Mm-hmm. And it, it, let's use the NFL, for example. You could have the Dallas Cowboys and the Eagles, and it'd be one line in Dallas, one line in Philly. It could vary by two, two and a half points. And just having outs in both of those places almost got you, a, a, pretty much got you an out arbitrage that was a positive EV. Spot, spot on. How good is this? Late minus 135? Take plus three. That's that's my kind of portfolio. You know, when your mind starts to wander, Faz, squibble up. What is the ROI on that? Mm. Uh, you know, because you know it's not it's not that high at all. Yeah, but, but the I mean, beauty it's is profitable. Is the beauty we're... is it's profitable and it's so hedged so nicely. There's almost no downside. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm just interested to see what you know. Is it five percent? You know, let what me is let it? me go. All right, so. Fez is in, you might hear his pen hitting, wait, it's his abacus. Wait a minute. (laughs) So you would say if you want the 49ers, you're better off waiting. If you want the 49ers. Yes. Well, this is back to the asymmetric risk. The idea that if you get three, it's a huge win. If you have to somehow only get two, it's a small loss. Number two, it feels like there's going to be ebbs and flows. It's almost like in game, right? I hear people talk all the time. I don't agree with this, but they're like, well, don't bet them now. Just hope they get down by seven and then we'll bet. And it's like, okay, I agree. There's certain circumstances that are more prone to bets or more inclined to bets to others. But in general, you don't know if those are going to come. And if your handicap's really right, your team's going to get out to a league. Like, imagine Philly Giants. You could have said, let's wait for the Giants to get a lucky score. It's like, or you missed the whole bet, mm-hmm. right? So in general, I Or it can go the other way. Let's wait for the Philly, Philly to score first and bet the Giants, and it just didn't even matter. Yeah, I mean, there's all kinds. Well, but exactly. Yeah. Well, I don't think I want the Giants playing from behind, right? Usually the un- yeah. usually it's the people that, like Kansas City is the great example of this. They start slow. Mm-hmm. People love to see them get, a score against them than bet on them because it's just their history with coming back. Um, though this is a good example, and maybe it's the Kansas City game that's a better example, so I'll hold it, but is this going to be the best game of the year maybe to bet after in-game? Meaning watch Mahomes for one 
or even yes. three or four plays. I think that's that that is the point of the of the pot. That's the strongest point anyone's going to make is there's when we talk about confidence levels, we have no confidence level in our Kansas City power rating because we have no confidence on how healthy Mahomes is. It could vary for if he doesn't play, it's varying over a touchdown. He's it looks like he's going to play, but it could vary five points within that range. Exactly, and I hate to pass post, but just going back a week, like all you had to do was watch the you know Hertz play in the first quarter, and you're like he looks good. You know we can we and and yes, you don't you don't get the Eagles. At my seven and a half anymore, and now you're laying ten. Who cares? You know, late fourteen. Now, Fez, you are, you know, and again, we state our facts. We have fun with it, good and bad. You're a top, you know, handful of people in the world with the in-game batting. That's just objectively true. He's nodding like, yep. Yeah, <laughs> the numbers um, and symbols are still floating above his head. <laughs> the they actually had uh, this has been what f- five six years ago. ESPN came out with Michelle Steele, who used to be a CNBC, as I recall, and they were uh, recording you in. Ga- they were watching you in game bet, and they did an ex- a little expose on it. Exactly right. She's like, she's like, how come you're betting ninety nine dollars over and over and over and over again? I'm like, because if you bet a hundred, you get the spinning wheel where they have to prove. But with their software, you bet ninety nine, you could do it. Like boom, bet, bet, bet. Fez is bet, like a bet, piano bet, player. Bet. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like Beavis and Butthead. It was yeah. like, bet, bet, bet. All right. So here's my question as an expert: Is the algorithm wouldn't be able to handle this. Will they do a manual override? It's three plays in. The camera's on him saying, look at him uh, step forward and he can't plant that foot. Let's say it's negative. There's nothing in that game that would cause a move at that point. Only if it goes to the medical tent. If he goes into the medical blue tent, then... That's what triggers the algorithm? He, that, that's what trigger, triggers the change in the algorithm. Okay, so that's, yes. what the, that's what the flag is to the algorithm, is the medical tent. Yes. Okay, but you don't think on a game this big, they might have a manual over It's possible. They have it two scenarios, and, and when they think that it's true, they hit scenario yeah. A. Well, let me ask you I something. don't want to give any ideas. Would... Watching his performance certainly would raise a flag that somebody would adjust on the line. Mm-hmm. But what would the play calling do? If in the first series we see Andy Reid call four rushes and only one pass, that's not going to raise a flag for anybody saying, oh, Mahomes doesn't look good. But it does raise a concern that says maybe Andy Reid doesn't want to put him at risk because he's not 100%. It would take two series. The first it would take series, two series, I think it would take of two play series. calling. Yes, but if if it looks like he's limping around, that's going to be instantaneous. Yeah, absolutely, that's the big, I, yeah, because I think I think you nailed it. Normally, regular season game, same circumstances wouldn't matter. Too many other games going on, but this game's just under such a microscope that it's similar to the NBA playoffs. You know, when you've got a you know key injury, you know, is is Anthony Davis going to be able to play? And he's out there. And everyone's paying attention. I do think it, that they're, maybe not all the bookmakers, but many of the bookmakers, like, you know, we're forget the algorithm. We're going to watch this ourselves. Yes. We're back. We just did a time shift, and Fez had some real deep insights on the sports books, what's happened, the evolution of things, a way to exploit the books, same game parlays. Ugh, it's great. We moved it to the end of the pod because a lot of you guys, or some of you, just want the picks. In the games, and anyone that wants to learn anything about sports betting, I meaning if you have any interest, listen past the end of the handicapping. But back to the handicapping, Eagles 49ers. Who's got the who's got a pick that they because no one everyone here has their their bet, their one bet on the next game. AJ, let's start with you. What is your we'll call it an opinion, but your best 
the, the opinion you like best in this game, Eagles 49? It's a prop play, and it's Christian McCaffrey over rushing receiving yards. Numbers 98 and a half. Uh, and I like this. For, uh, Scott, Scott will mention there is some injury concern. Mackenzie, check that. I might want to bat him. Okay. There, okay. Is, some, there is some injury concern on McCaffrey. Exactly. Uh, but I, I think it's uh, he played through the game last week. I think that's, it's all rest precautionary. And he's. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's rest precautionary? He played through the game, but his usage was way down. I mean, if you look at his carries, you look at his targets, I mean, he was not the emphasis, right? No, you're right. So I'm not saying that means he's going to be horrible here, but it's not – they took a precaution, but it wasn't just that. It, who knows what – I more meant that, like, the, uh, the, the limited practice and things are precautionary this week. How do we know? I mean, the theory is we're believing – I mean, Mackenzie, can you get the usage? Yeah, from the last game, and 98.5 is the right number. All right. You know, do be aware that it looks like a level playing field, and there's not like the like last week the teams that had played all these road games mm-hmm. came up empty with Dallas four straight road game Giants fifth of six. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, well, we don't have those situations anymore, but we do have a situation where we had two teams play Saturday and two teams play Sunday. So that is a disadvantage towards San Francisco and Cincinnati that they they get seven days, the other team gets eight. That's I mean, it's not. Well, I hear you. Trivial. Well, not not eight days of rest. It, it'd be seven and six. An extra day of rest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here's what I would say. I think for 49ers who. Let's think about this now. They had a half a they had a half a game in week eighteen where they it, it, they had to win, but I can't remember who they beat. They beat them easy, right? Seattle. Was oh Seattle? no, that Arizona. Was, oh Arizona. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Seattle. Uh, Seattle's yeah, the playoff. Game. The Rams. Yeah, well, but Seattle Rams playing week oh. eighteen. Yeah, I don't know which one he was talking about. All right, Seattle game. Hey, it was tied at halftime, or what? Seattle was winning at halftime. Right? Yes. So can't say it was an easy game, but it did feel like in the second half it wasn't high intensity. I, I think that's a great point. Yeah. That if if you're not really tested, but I think that I'd argue San Fran was tested in the Dallas game. That that was a game oh, that for was sure. on the in oh. the balance. So your point is saying you got Eagles off a bye, and now they have an easy game on Saturday. You got Forty ers with a half an not even half, let's say half an easy game a week before. So it's bye versus that edge Philly. Yes, and then last week easy easy game versus a war edge Philly. It's the end of the year. Fatigue can be an issue. That's a good point. Yes. I wouldn't have thought so, but I, I see that, which is kind of part of the two and a half in moving toward. Or- I, I, you know, because like my power ratings make them dead equal teams, mm-hmm. and Philly isn't. They don't have a home field that's worth two and a half. So it's so it, I don't get the two and a half. But then when I look at the intangibles, I'm like, oh, I got the West Coast team flying all the way to the East Coast with a little more fatigue. It's like my gut says if I had to bet it, I'd lay the two and a half against the market number. I think you're right. AJ, you want to continue with your thoughts? Yeah, my thoughts were the the Eagles, the the defense for both these teams are strong. These are the best defenses either team is going to play each other uh, Mm -hmm. this whole season. But the weakest unit is the Eagles' run defense, 21st in DVOA against the run. And the other thing is they are terrible, 24th in DVOA defending receiving running backs. They have a problem with that. I I think that the Niners are going to go with a run-heavy game plan, and when they are passing – because the the Eagles' pass rush is so good, there's going to be Christian McCaffrey chip. Get out, take a short pass, and try to do something with it. So that's why that's why I like the uh, just from a, a game planning uh, mm-hmm. standpoint. I, I think McCaffrey props are a good way to go. See, I don't one. I don't like it because you know that's how you know uh, square. 
Yeah, it's square, but I mean, but Barney at the bar <laughs> yeah. is going to be and on. It's a, and it's a sky high number. So how many? I guess how many yards do we think? What's putting over under on yards for the Niners in this game? What do we think? Three hundred and forty. That seems Less. high. Yeah, it's less. If, so if it, if we we'll think about it, if they only get three hundred, which is certainly possible, now all of a sudden CMC has to get a third of their yardage. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree That's with that. That's a lot. I, I actually think that because of the bruised calf for McCaffrey and the groin injury for Elijah Mitchell, I like Debo Samuel over in rushing yards. It, it's at like nineteen and a half, I believe. McKenzie found it. Right. So and, and I think that. One th- sec. I got to do this before. We... Uh-oh. <laughs> now, this is, uh oh. It's this happening. This is on AJ. Huh? This is on AJ. All right, go ahead. Well, that yeah. happened, AJ. And AJ, you're really violating a basic strategy where you're taking a high level. I, I get it. You're a high level guy that everyone like. Look at me, CMC. Even even I'm like, you know, you're not as contrarian as me. And yeah, yeah. But it's and playing banged up guys to go over is not the way to win betting there props. Is a small see Gurley. See Gurley. There, there is a small well, percentage. Bruce Cap that kept him down last week. Trying to roll it out, use the gun on it. And plus, it's he's so injury prone anyway. There's a small chance 49ers get up big and they're in total control of the game. You think he's going to be on the field if they don't need him on the field? So even that little 15... Well, considering the backup running back's more hurt than he is, I would say yes. The backup running Elijah back... Elijah Mitchell is, is banged up. But, but what I'm saying is they've got... They got enough players that that are dual. F- Again, I don't know. Somehow last week they were able to not use them all that. You much. see, if, they gave the ball to Jusick on a on a run. If the if the Forty Niners are up big as two and a half point dogs, I'll probably feel better about the rushing receiving problem. Oh, you're right. If somehow you mm, you're right, that's a good point. If somehow you already had won it or whatever, but there is a game state that he's oh, not getting the attention. Uh, so let's shift gears to your prop. Yeah, so if you look at Debo, you know, four carries for 11 yards last week. Dallas, obviously, a better rush defense than the Eagles. Uh, against Seattle, three carries, 32 yards. And I think that there's been so much focus on McCaffrey since he became a member of the 49ers, the lost X factor has been Debo Samuel. And I know that he's dealing with an ankle, but he did practice in a limited basis here on Wednesday. I think he's fine. Shanahan said that it's something that he's been dealing with ever since he came back. So I don't think there's going to be any, you know, drop off in his production. I actually think they're going to get him involved early and often Debo and don't, they might use him more in the running game and in the slot just to keep him away from the top two corners of the, uh, of the Eagles and slaying Bradbury. So I, I would expect a lot of usage for Debo Samuel in this game. Maybe even a, instead of a rushing prop, maybe over a rushing plus receiving prop for Debo Samuel. Any thoughts on this? You know, I don't like overs at I all. Don't, don't why? Cause I like the game under. And so oh, if I like the too. if I like the game under that means it's going to be it's I hate reaching into that urn. Yeah. And and is this your all, official official pick is going to be on the under in this game? Y- yes. And you know, I I got to say that if you look at the underlying stats for the teams it's certainly justifiable this total. But I'm thinking my gut 46 and a half. Yes, my my gut is and I think that and we saw it go up a little bit. Frankly, there's been a little action on the over. Not a lot, 45 and a half up to 46 and a half, but I think that how did San Francisco beat Dallas? Workmanlike effort, defense played really Grind well. It out. Grind it out. Don't make mistakes. I know they dropped the punt. All right, so they gave Dallas three points, but the offense was clean, clean sheet, didn't give up any turnovers, win the game. Don't ask Purdy to do too much. Spin around, throw the ball the hell out of bounds. All right, if you're under pressure, and since that worked, why screw around with what's working? I see a comparable game plan against the Eagles, and I frankly could see the Eagles saying, you know what? Same thing. If we just have a clean game, run the ball, 
um, we can win this game. And, and so I see both teams. Like I, I know AJ has a differing opinion about the you know total in the Kansas City game early and possibly there being scoring. I don't see a lot of scoring early in this game. This is like a close a, a boxing match where they're just jabs the whole first half. So 46 and a half is the average this year was 44, right? Yeah. So this is two and a half points above the average. The 49ers are the, these are both top five defenses, right? Yes. Do we believe these are both top five offenses? Top 10. All right. So why is this above? I mean, just just that right there. If you're saying, is are the offenses better than the defenses? Then if the defenses are better, doesn't that mean it should be less than 44? Yes. PFF has these number one, number two. Okay. Now, DVOA is one and six. All right. That's good info. PFF is grades, which, again, is a nice perspective. Uh, what's happening on the field is DVOA. So, okay. So, I don't – and what do they have for offense? Can you look for offense? Yep. I'll pull it up. And so, I guess, Fez, is that is that logic you agree with is if the offenses in net are less than the defenses in net, then it feels like the league average, it should go under it. Yes, and I make the case even more so in this game because what are these teams going to be doing? They're going to be running the ball. Tick, tick, tick. San Francisco 6, Philly 3, offensive DVOA. Okay. Now, if you add that up, 6 and 3 is 9. The other one's 8 and 1? 6 and 1. I uh, see. It is better. <laughs> Defense is better. Um, Our composite projections on the margins, I mean on the totals for both of these teams, mm-hmm. it's 47.25 if you average them both together. Okay, so show me the numbers you're using. So Philadelphia is at a 48.1, mm-hmm. and and you have San Francisco at a 46.4. Mm-hmm. So I think these teams are bullies, though. So they had, a, I think they had a bunch of games where they're just creaming people. Well, remember, since Brock Purdy took over, they were averaging 34.6 points per game until last week against the Cowboys. Something of note that Fezzik just mentioned while, while I had the DVOA up here. The, they're 31 and 32 in schedule on DVOA. No, no doubt. About it. I mean, Philly, Philly's always been more made of how weak the schedule has been. Yeah, and the, the two the two times they played another high level team, the Cowboys, one of the teams was missing their starting quarterback, so it's hard to really gauge anything from it. Well, I mean, the game that's got to bother you is the Kansas City game if you're a for the Niners, for sure, because that's defense. It has nothing to do with Purdy or whatever. Well, but what were you, you gonna say, Fess? Just you get to play Seattle twice. You get to play at Vegas. I mean, you get to play over teams. Like, so, oh, okay. so, so you get to play Arizona uh, twice. I mean, oh. these teams have no defense. No, actually, that's an interesting point. What we should be, what we can look at here, and Mackenzie does some good work on this. We have the delta uh, above and below expectation for the team mm. each game. And look specifically at the New Orleans game when San Fran played New Orleans. Who New Orleans does have a good defense. All right. So Mackenzie, look at that game. I'm going to look at the sum for the year. Does that oh. sound good? Yep. Okay, so San Fran, if you look at their um, offense this year, and this is per game, right? Yes. Is they've scored 2.8 points per game more than the Vegas number said they should. Uh, With the rookie quarterback that has— Well, for a chunk of the game. So so remember, the expectations are being set low because Purdy, like we did—Mr. Irrelevant's going to score 27 points a game? Yeah, we, we didn't think much. And then their defense actually defends two points better. Mm. So you add it up, they've been .8 points better, San Francisco, than expectation. And then if we look at Philly, I think that's going to be 
Let me see. And that actually surprises me because I would say San. I knew San Fran's defense was good, and their offense. It's been shocking how good it's been. I would have thought thought it would have been skewed more to the offense. I think Purdy got a lot of believers pretty fast. Yes. Um, now Philly scored two point two more points than expected. Their defense actually gave up. 0.2 more than expected, mm-hmm. which who would have said that the Philly defense underperformed this year? Nobody. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. But, and, and again, all, most of those games are Hertz is healthy. So now is, we think he's close to 100%. You're he's right. certainly it's not 100%. Of, now, there is a counter. And by the way, just to give people some perspective, here's the teams that underperform the most on offense and overperformed. I'll just give you one or two on each. So Detroit was the best offense. They went 3.4 points over Makes sense, what was yeah. expected. Number two was Dallas. They went almost three points mm-hmm. over what was expected, which is kind of interesting. And Carolina. So that shows you Carolina didn't score a lot of points, but they didn't ex- weren't expected to score a lot of points. And one, one not weakness, but an observation on this, the trend line's so important. We're not measuring how these teams did versus um, – pre-flop expectations in August were evaluated each and every week. So almost by definition, for you to have a really to exceed expectations, your offense or defense has to improve over the year. Or if the market thinks you you've gotten worse by a greater degree than you actually have. Yes. Right. Yes, I mean this yes. is all about I mean in a weird way it is a high it's saying how has the market evolved has the market caught up is actually no one is going to say Carolina has a good offense, but they sucked so bad that when they became competent, they started smashing exactly. expectations. I agree. I, in fact, that's an example. Now, the worst on offense, real quick this year, would be uh, number 32, was Indianapolis. They were six and a half points a game, less than expected. <laughs> they sucked all year. That is crazy. Oh, my gosh. And, I mean, that's once the odds got adjusted, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, that is insane. And 31 is, where's 31? Uh, do, do, do. Kenzie, you don't have 31 on here, do you? Where am I missing? What's it, Houston? Is it Houston? Let me see. No. But they started putting up points that's late true. in the year. No, you know, it is Houston. Is it? Why was I hmm. not seeing that? All right, so Houston, good job, Scott. Good. Houston was 3.7 points less. And then number 30, ah, Denver. Denver. All makes sense, right? Three points. And on defense, real quick, the worst teams, Chicago uh, was number 32, Minnesota 31, Indianapolis. So Indianapolis was 31 and 30. And, uh, oh, but you, Jeff Saturday deserves that job. If you look at the ATS— And boy, that Minnesota defense that was like mediocre or turned into horrendous you know, the last true. month. ATS margin, if you add them both up, Indianapolis minus 6.6 points. All right? That sounds crazy, right? Tampa Bay minus six point three. Tampa was wise guys. Bad. Wise guys were betting Tampa Bay like every seemingly betting every against week. them. You mean no betting on them? They really? got tons of action the final six weeks of the season. Now think about this: they were both over six. The third worst team was Denver, and they were only minus three and a half. So mm. Tampa <laughs> and Indianapolis were in a different universe of how bad yeah. they were. Very interesting numbers there. I got a thought. So you like the under, though. You agree with what I'm saying, or you're kind of you're kind of in your yeah, math. This this point is goes against it. Okay, and, and and you can tell me what you think about it. I believe that we haven't yet seen really what Debo and McCaffrey can do together. Because how many games have they been healthy together? Now, right now, you can say maybe they're not healthy mm, together. That's a good point. If you believe they are, though, or close to it, and and the whole theory is, and just the basics again, is Debo himself alone was a problem he could line up at running back Mm -hmm. motion out the receiver or vice versa and who was on him shanahan 
is a brilliant play caller by all accounts. I don't think there's one thing that's more universally believed in the NFL. Tom Brady is a great quarterback. Antonio Brown's crazy. <laughs> and Shanahan can call plays. I mean, I'm not sure which of those is the top. I think maybe Shanahan's second. right? And he has the ability to say, all right, I'm going to put that receiver here. I'm going to move him. And based on what you do, I know where the opening is going to be. And now if you add in McCaffrey is in one place, Debo's the other, and they can switch. And one can play – both can play both. I don't think a team has ever had that. No. I think maybe if you want to say the Seattle game, the first – the wild card game in the playoffs was the one that they were mm-hmm. both healthy. In that game, McCaffrey rushed for 119 yards. He had – uh, 17 receiving yards and a touchdown. Debo, 133 receiving yards and a touchdown, and rushed for 32 yards. Yeah. So let's not talk about like they 100. Oh, this guy's games. getting 100. Let's let's talk about last week where and you. Kudos to you, RJ. You you were saying Fez. I think we should bet San Fran in the fourth quarter. Dallas is going to wear down teams historically. Four straight road games do terrible versus expectations. Which makes sense. Like it makes sense. Like a touchdown worse in the fourth quarter. If you take out this fourth quarter, which was largely predictive, mm. um, you know San Fran only got 312 yards, and I know they got a ton of yards. So all these weapons got like 220 the but first three quarters. But do we know that isn't because of Dallas? You're right. The performance was not good from San Fran on offense. Also, I would make the case that considering the rest disadvantage that Dallas was on, San Fran's performance looks even worse on offense because there was a tired D. But my point is, Dallas might have had the third best D in the league. So at one time, but I don't. I, but by the end of the year, boy, I think they they they, they, they had played a hell of a game right there against San Fran. Yeah. yeah, but we haven't seen San Fran play another bad offensive game. So do we really think it's San Fran got bad all of a sudden, or was it Dallas played really well? Combination, combination. You no, know, and I'll say this, and I know you don't like it when I do this. No, I the on that three hundred twelve yards for San Fran, there was the, the, I know it was. He catches it some of the time. There was a 50-yard George Kittle catch where he's juggling the ball over half the time. That goes incomplete. You know the way that. So one of the best tight ends in history caught a tough ball. You, you freeze it. Free the ball's in the air. Freeze it. Is he going to catch it? It's 50-50, and he's going to catch it for 28 yards, not 50. Now, were there any other 50-50 plays, or is that the only one? That was the only one. <laughs> By the way, George Kittle. You mentioned him. The Eagles linebackers are all small. Like that's kind of one of the the things that gets talked about in a lot. If they they don't put money in linebackers, it's the, a weak area for them. So a weak unit. George Kittle may end up being a problem for the Eagles' defense. A big physical wide receiver could eat against a, a small. That I agree with. And you know what? For more, I think about this. I don't like the under. And here's another reason. It does feel like both. Now again, when AJ says Eagles can't handle the run. I'm thinking, okay, that means the Eagles can choose to put more people in the box. They're going to handle the run then. It's just they're going to be exposed to the pass. Usually, against the bad teams that don't have good coaches, if there's a weakness, it gets exploited the whole game. Against a good team, it's usually not what gets exploited. Last year, you but talked about Kittle's not going to bomb me for bombs. I mean, he's going to get first downs. I agree with you there. Unless he gets a 50-yard juggle. Last year, you mentioned how Tampa was, really two years ago, how they were overwhelming because they had so many weapons mm-hmm. on offense. And you, like, you just can't cover anybody. The third receiver, yeah. And that's why Leonard Fournette was so much better last year than he was this year because they didn't have all those weapons, so there was like last year there was Plus the forty pounds. You couldn't commit anybody to the run last year. I think the, the Niners are that this year. The team with just such an overwhelming amount of weapons. Like, are you going to never double Debo? Like, no, it, I, I, this is a great game. But I would say, Fez, wouldn't you agree that 
the Eagles can be run on, and the Eagles don't cover inside. Their linebackers are weak, which is part of the run, but part of the pass. If anything, this 49ers team seems suited. you got to tackle and linebacker. You know, it does feel like – when's the last time Shanahan – has he ever played – did they play the Eagles last year? Yeah. Uh, got it up on the screen here. They played week two last year. Same coaches. Game. Very Ooh. low scoring game. Both teams had more runs than passes in that game. Remember, the Eagles weren't – now, that's interesting because the Eagles didn't really start running like they did until the Detroit game. And it was a real epiphany because, remember, the Eagles were – we had a debate last year were the Eagles tanking before the season. (laughs) They were like – had a – if I remember, their their over-under was like five and a half or something last year. I I don't recall. Yeah. Yeah. And going back to that on that meeting early – and this was early last year. So the – wow, Philly only ran – 53 plays. That's like a really, really low number. They ran the ball more than they passed, 29 versus 24. Same in San Fran. Again, the usage of the rush, uh, 38 rushes, only 30 passes. So I tell you this, another thing that goes to the under, this is a confusing one to me, is Shanahan is extra conservative on going for it, kicking field goals, all the stuff the analytics dorks want to complain. Like, mm-hmm. like, like hey, he, played, he coached a horrible game. I heard that like five times it's like do you really think you're in a position to judge first of all and number two he won he's now in his third conference final in four years how bad is he right but anyway he that does lower scoring field goals instead of going for it et cetera et cetera you know i i just had an epiphany maybe on some of these props because the eagles are going to be more aggressive they've been more aggressive mm-hmm. all right so in terms of um longest field goal i like the 49ers Ooh, I like that because yeah. if, if the Eagles don't kick field goal. Yeah, of course. I mean, Sirianni prides, and remember. It's the leverage point. It's the fourth and two from the other team's 33. Yeah. 49ers kicker Robbie Gold, 28 for 28 in his career from deep. What's deep? Three-point range. Field goal range. They should try more field so goals. any field goal. Yes. They He's should never try miss the field goal? In the playoffs? I mean, in the playoffs, yeah. They should try 70-yarders. He didn't say that. No, he didn't. doesn't miss. All right. I tend to listen to people. It was just I picked up the context clues on that one. Like, there's no way he was 28. Like, he'd never miss in his career. That's why I was saying yeah. incredulously. <laughs> so then, like, like little ancillary. Because there's going to be more props that yeah, are going to yeah. come out. You know, um, it's like third down, like fourth down so let's talk about game script. What game script do you envision? Because that's going to dig- that's going to have an effect on. I'm texting you at the end of the first quarter, zero zero. I told you, RJ. <laughs> that's I didn't the text script. you. I told you after the fourth <laughs> yes. quarter. <laughs> um, okay, I th- let's do a final. Let's go around the horn. We'll start with Scott, and let's just do a final thought on the game. And and here's what I'm interested in: Has anything discussed swayed you? Not off your pick or whatever, but what do you believe now that you didn't believe a half hour ago? I think this is interesting. What what are we saying that is able to convince even our, our peers? I'm a little more convinced on the under now. Um, and the no, more I've been against it the whole time. I'm less. Because- well, the more I think about it also is, yes, we look at the 49ers production prior to this Cowboys game, but the Cowboys defense might be the best comparison to what they're going to face this weekend in the Eagles defense. At least, and, and, talent, or at least uh, quality-wise. I don't know about matchups. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, but talent-wise. And if you look at the, the Eagles who uh, racked up 70 sacks in the regular season, it, it's the top defense, One of the, you know, facing a top defense. Last week faced a top defense. The Cowboys were, what, second in EPA per play defense? And they struggled to get 19 points last week. 
I, I think what RJ said about the the 49ers weapons being kind of built to give the Eagles defense problems the way it's built. Like if if you believe a, a running back who can catch the ball out of the out of the backfield and a, a a big you know physical tight end are good things to have against a team with weak linebackers, that's exactly what the 49ers have. So I'm starting to actually lean more towards points being scored in this game than I was coming into this. It sounds like we're all leaning towards the 49ers. I'm, I'm leaning more towards the Eagles. I love what RJ was saying, and, and I was aware of this, but it really didn't click. I mean, the Eagles have been on a bye for six weeks. They haven't. They, they, they have so much energy. And they've gotten healthy. They're 13-1, and one, la, la, so we lose a couple games. You know, Minshew, um, and then they... Okay, they had to win against the Giants. They won. Then they had a bye week. Then they had a laugher. This team has had, like, it's smooth sailing here. They got fresh legs on offense and defense. Mm, so do you maybe look at, if you do like 49ers, look at them in the Second first half. half? Yeah, and if, I, I think that, that that's sage. Like, like, like if you are going to bet the Niners, I don't want any part of them later late in the game. The setup, great for the 49ers. In, um, to do well in the fourth quarter this past week. Mm. Now it's a terrible spot for them in the fourth quarter this week. Mackenzie, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Kyle in, gen- in general, Cousin Kyle, does very well on the scripted plays early, early, first drive, first the script, and then he does very well in the fourth quarter. And the rationale being the script is very savvy, but fourth quarter he set up enough scenarios to then exploit in the fourth quarter. Does that sound right to you? When they're ahead, I would say that's true. They've had troubles in the Shannon era behind. However, they had two comeback wins with Purdy in the fourth quarter. I think they might have had none with Jimmy Garoppolo in his whole career. I'd be remiss not to mention the first six weeks of the season when the Eagles won seemingly every game 24 to nothing in the first half. Yeah, the Eagles are the highest scoring team in the first half this season by almost a full three points. But I think a lot of that, ha- in fact, I know a lot of it has to do with they called off the horses in some of those early mm-hmm. games. So relatively... Which goes back to the strength of schedule, like if you're able to bully somebody. Yeah, but when you have this kind of offense, the thing is, when you're so physical, if you're better, it's like Nebraska, right, in the old days. they they didn't. Nebraska never got upset. A passing team like BYU that was relatively, let's say, better than their competition, the same, would get upset occasionally. But it's a short thing when you get six yards a clip, Right. All right, Mackenzie, Cousin Kyle, no inside info, but you follow, well, you say we. Yes. Give us your thoughts. I think the one thing we haven't mentioned that we should is Philadelphia's one weakness, arguably, is their rush defense. They're 21st by DVOA, top five in every other department. Wh- whose weakness? The Philadelphia Eagles. Th- that's, what, that's what AJ stressed. He said it like three times. Why was does he not pay account to you, AJ? I mean, he knows he's, he's got to listen to you. No, but I mean, it's weird <laughs> because one, he could have said this without even, even if we had not mentioned it, it was an indictment. He goes, "What we need to mention that we haven't, like saying we, if you didn't ask, really, code there was if you don't didn't ask me this question, you'd be doing a disservice <laughs> to the audience." Is effectively what he said, but it's something you said three times. Well, you know that I'm going to bring up DVOA. Well, it doesn't. No, he doesn't know. Apparently, Mackenzie, how are you feeling about that? Pretty bad. <laughs> now, let me ask. He's you. He's going to tell us now. McCaffrey over. Let me ask. <laughs> yeah, have you? Let me ask you this, Trey Lance. How are you feeling? Oh, stop. No, I want to know. Uh, you know the ringer, Stephen Ruiz, had his list of quarterbacks updated. Purdy, twenty-eight. Lance, thirty. I think he's uh, pretty right, pretty accurate on Lance at this point in his career. I think he's a little low on uh, Purdy. I'll tell you this. 
Here's what you know for sure. They're talking about a trade with them. Like they're speculating, different experts. They're saying they could get a second rounder, but for sure a third. They, that, that's, and that's they what won't saying. do it. Yeah. They won't trade him for less than a first rounder, is my opinion. He's too valuable. He's a top 30 quarterback, in their opinion. Third and a fifth gets it done. But why? It's not going to help us. We need depth at the quarterback way more than we need a third and a fifth. We no. brought the no ice way. out of him. But I would think that they, the Niners would want a more veteran backup quarterback. And because there's only two more years left of Trey Lance at a, a cheaper price, and he's coming off a major, like a catastrophic injury, <laughs> feels like there's not as much value as is. He's, he's, only, he's only 17 years old, though. <laughs> That's maybe true. <laughs> now, here's the thing. This is a fascinating question. If they redraft, and think about what I'm going to say here. If they redrafted that draft, could the case be made that Trey Lance should be the second quarterback taken behind Trevor Lawrence? My point being. Is he still unscratched lottery ticket? Yeah, exactly. Like right now, we can act like he's, his lumbering running style is a problem, and it is. But is that able to be changed? I don't know. But would you re- you'd rather have him than Justin Fields? Like That's the thing. Him. He's the one. And Mac Jones is on the periphery, too. But, boy, if they take one half step back, either of them. Yeah. I mean, you know, the Bears uh, GM said, well, Justin Fields has to work on some stuff, like throwing the ball. <laughs> I think the difference is, that, like, year one to two, we saw some some positive movement for Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. And year one to two, we saw n- big-time regression on Mac Jones. So that's I why agree, it's easier to but, feel but, positive about Justin Fields. But now that O'Brien's coming to the rescue, you feel, let's be candid. You really feel foolish on that O'Brien yeah. take you had. Yeah, I'm happy, but that just started me tr- schooling you. Yeah, really. you can. Conv- uh, yeah, he he wasn't a bad head coach. No, he, but he he was a terrible he was a whole, GM. He was one of the worst. <laughs> maybe the worst GM. Hopkins, they're saying maybe to New England. Ooh, that because he's got a couple years left, but really? it's a rebuild in Arizona. Um, Fez, you were at the restroom. Last question here. Consider if they redrafted the quarterbacks from the Trey Lance draft. All right, Trevor Lawrence goes one right now, no doubt. Um, could the case be made Trey Lance because he's yet to be proven to be incompetent or inept? He just seems to be. Would put him maybe second. No. Who's second? Uh, what are my choices? Just, well, Justin, Justin Fields. Justin Fields, Mac Jones. Oh, I both are way above Trey. Trey, Trey Lance. I mean, it's not but like we have no data ceiling? points. We have bad. What's the ceiling on those two? Justin Fields, I could see about a five. Oh, Justin no. Fields has a much higher ceiling than Mac Jones. I agree, and and I will grant you, Trey Lance has a higher ceiling than Mac Jones. Because the yeah. point I'm saying is, we haven't really seen Trey Lance. We know he started slow. I mean, it's just like uh, uh, Love from Green Bay. Jordan Love. Jordan yeah. Love. It's like now. People are starting to say maybe reports from camp are this guy's actually starting to be pretty good. Now we'll see, but we don't really know, right? We know with Mac Jones, it seems. Now the host coordinator thing might be, you know, the wild card. Who do you think has a better career record, Mac Jones, Trey Lance? It doesn't matter. What career record or what? Tecmo Bowl? NFL football. Trey Lance started three games, started four games. It's two and two. And people act like he's some bust. I don't get it. I honestly, I don't get it. Go back and watch week one in the monsoon and on the well. There's the grass. two years of data, and he's played four games. I'm going to give you 30 seconds to make your case on Trey Lance. Trey Lance. <laughs> oh, that's, oh, no. that's mean. That oh mean. no, that's bad. Come on. Uh, I do have, I do have one. Uh, <laughs> His mic got accidentally turned off. Oh yeah, accident. I I have a data point on rookie quarterbacks here, 
in this at this level. Uh, rookie quarterbacks in the conference championship game. No rookie has ever won one. 0-4 straight up, 1-3 ATS. The only cover came in 1999, Sean King for Tampa. Big Ben, Joe Flacco, and Mark Sanchez lost by an average of 12 points per game in their rookie years. So. I'm alive, was that the big the Big Ben? Was that the ten to fourteen loss to Denver? Big Ben uh, as is a, that his rookie year? No, no. He, he, they no. lost New, New England. Okay. New England came to Pittsburgh Lane three. Oh, I still yeah. remember. Yeah, Pittsburgh was fifteen and one getting three at home that game. Hmm. That's how good New England was. <laughs> you know the only other team to have a twelve win streak and be an underdog? Who? San Francisco 49ers, twenty twenty three. Pittsburgh Steelers, San Francisco 49ers. Did he get an Adderall prescription that we don't know about? <laughs> All right, next game. Chiefs, Bengals, and this line, it's like a ping pong game. Jumping across, even, pick them, as they say. Right now, you can get a plus one on the Bengals. You can get a plus one on the Chiefs. Total 47 and a half. 47's out there. First word, Faz. Well, let me set up as we've been doing a little bit, and then you can have first word after. The second word, we'll call it. <laughs> Chiefs, obviously, the Bengals have their number. Maybe the only team that's had their number really consistently. Pats did early in Mahomes' career, but other than that, you know, not really. Um, Mahomes' injury just is a big red letters over this game. Fez, I don't think you can bet this game without embracing the fact that you are making a statement about Mahomes. I'm flying blind here. Exactly. I, it, it, we all know he's not 100%. Beyond that, could he come out there and be close to, you know, 100%? Probably not. But could he be competent? You know, that's well, still... Well, what was he in the second half of that, the most recent game? That, very interesting. Statistically, he was good. I test as he couldn't walk. Okay, but why does it matter if he's good? Because no quarter, because I, I refuse to believe that someone can be a good quarterback when they're on a walker, so you know, how, out in the backfield. But what's the? Let me ask you a question. What's the chance of like a seven, like um, Zach Wilson? But assume he, he's worse by thirty percent. Imagine that, right? So yeah. guys shouldn't get drafted. A guy that played division, yeah, two, right. What's the odds of him doing half a half of the NFL game, a half, you know, third fourth quarter, effectively? Like Mahomes, almost did. nothing. Yeah, so Mahomes at minimum with apparently not walking is better than a typical fourth round, better than Mason Rudolph. Well, here's the con- for example. I'm, here's the confusing part for me. The, what makes Mahomes so special is his ability to. He's not the fastest Extend guy. Plays. Extend plays. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Feels the rush. He knows which direction suddenly to cut. It's not that he's the fastest guy mm-hmm. in the field, but he can elude the defenders. And he's got the arm to to have make those big plays. So this yeah. is along those lines. This is what's interesting. This season, Patrick Mahomes led the league in passes from outside the pocket. In the second half last week, zero passes outside the pocket. It was just the second time this season that he went an entire half without having a throw from outside the pocket. So if anything, this makes the the general point that, and this is what I used to ask people all the time, how did Mahomes go 11th? And what the answer I got from people that seem to know is – They knew he had the ability to make the amazing play out of the pocket. What they didn't know was he could play on pace, on schedule, like a Brady. Not as good as Brady, but like a Brady. I also think because until that point, 
no one had succeeded from that type of offense in college. Like he, he kind of broke the mold on that. Like they say, oh, your red quarterbacks which, can't work. Which speaks to the idea they were uncertain of certain things. Yeah. But go ahead. And he's Steph Curry. He's reinventing the game. He's doing things. Freeze it. That ball's in the air. It's like you can't throw against your body like that. You can't do this like little, like, oh, I'm pretending to throw a pass. I pull it back. Then I, then I throw it underhand. Touchdown. But that's why he's on Instagram a lot or TikTok. But in the scheme of what, what the value he provides, I mean, I'd say, and this is going to shock people, I'd say throwing on schedule, Brady-esque is half of it. I'd say 35% the off-schedule stuff out of the pocket. And I'd say the 15 or less is, is those kind of plays. No doubt they make the highlight reel. But you know what? It seems like it's so hard to score in the red zone against the modern defenses that he's so uniquely qualified to make something happen when you shouldn't get a touchdown. Maybe maybe that's just I'm remembering those plays. No, no, no. I think you're right. I, they're, they're often in high – I don't know about the trick plays, but the plays that only he could make. Improvisation. Uh, yeah, or high-leverage spots, no right. doubt. So it sounds like – if he is as because here's the thing, it's possible he's worse physically than he was last week because he yes. the adrenaline was flying, flowing. He hadn't swollen up fully yet, mm-hmm. and yeah, they tape you up immediately. Do what they got to do on the field or in the tent and in the locker room. Yeah, he was a full participant in practice today, which surprised no, me. Th- that actually makes me think bad things. Wasn't Gurley a full participant? Yeah, that's what they're going to the do. Super Bowl practices? Who, yeah. What are they watching? What I mean, like Only a saying, portion is open to the media. That's so right. They show him jogging. They show him stretching. I'm just saying, and then when the me- And then when it's closed, he's like, all right, guys, well, let's go sit down. But I would have thought, I didn't think they were going to even like give him to the media. I didn't think the media was going to talk to him. Mm-hmm. He went up on the podium. He walked down the stairs. Didn't, like, no sign of a limp. Like, I said, well, mm-hmm. this dude's walking like a guy who doesn't have an ankle injury. And then it... Like we, I thought back to the other times that he's been hurt, and we'd be like, "Oh my God, Mahomes is hurt." And like there was one time where I was like, "He's gonna be out for a month," and he was out for like a week or two weeks, and then came back. It was like, "How can you? How does that happen to a human?" I think Patrick Mahomes is just like he's Gumby. Like his body just. Well, I, we're talking about two different things here, right? You're, I think you're thinking of the hyperextended knee yeah. that happened uh, at the goal line on a sneak or whatever, and that was your. You had him for the Super Bowl, and they won it, and he missed like three games or whatever, yes. right? Or a couple games. But I guess my point is this: if you're the Chiefs, and Andy and um, Mahomes is better than you could expect, what do you do? Do you pronounce? Do you make a big deal about it, or do you kind of say, "Oh no, he's all he's banging." We're, hope, we're you know we're, we're hoping, hoping he, he can, can find a way yeah. to get to get out. Why there. did they announce that he was playing so early? Because he's playing on one leg. <laughs> I think maybe. I think that's all negative. To be honest, I agree with you. With you. And you've educated me about this. So like like I used to be so naive about this stuff. Like I would actually read this, and if anything, it's the opposite. For someone so calculating, yeah. in other ways, I mean, because they wanted to, they want them to say, "Oh man, we're off the," and then come game time, he's he's playing now, fine. There and it, the more Moralizes the other team. Now, now by by contrast, however, I believe in inside information. I believe somebody knows how obviously how healthy he is, yeah. and the money, the the in the first twenty four hours, just a freight train of cash on the Bengals. All that talk about, like you said, Art, oh, he could be worse this week than he was last week, and he could barely walk last week. You know, how's he going to be able to play effectively? So we saw the Bengals peak, Bengals minus two and a half, and since then. There's been like a huge backlash, like backwash of money mm-hmm. where we're all the way back to pick. That is money I respect. Which is saying now that he's going to be better than we thought. And this or, was before these practice reports. This money poured in before that. Which is uh, so that goes against the, the idea it's deceptive. But again, yeah. who's just, de- oh, you're saying they weren't deceived by the 
possible attempt at deception. Yes. So Re- Andy Reid brought up, you know, the fact that Mahomes had a high ankle sprain before, and that was in 2019 in a game against the Jaguars in the season opener. The following week, he played through for 443 yards and four touchdowns against the Raiders. It all came in the second quarter. The play calling was 44 passes, 22 rushing plays. Reid this week in a press conference made – a point to say that this ankle injury is not as bad as that one was. So it's he more, said so it's, it's more similar. Downplaying. It's more yes, downplaying. That's exactly the point. He's saying it's similar, it's sore, but it's not quite the same injury. So he's saying he's had the injury before, he performed admirably, but this injury is a little less. So, so there should be nothing to worry about. So does that cause you to believe it or be skeptical? I think it's causing me to be skeptical. Yeah, it seems like every time there's a discretionary choice on how they're presenting it, they present it optimistically. Yes. To what end? To what end? The fans might be worried otherwise? I don't know. This this I will tell you. Even when Mahomes was 100%, you know, we, we you talk about the Bengals having their number. You look at their last three games, Bengals have won all three of those by three points. And nothing fluky at all about it. One game was like dead equal statistic. Well, I think you can make the case last year's championship game was fluky in that in that the team was up. Tw- what were they up? Twenty four. Yeah, that's a good point. It was twenty one to ten at halftime, and so Cincinnati uh, came back then in in that game. But, but remember, it was twenty one to three, and Casey had the ball on like the three yard line. Yeah, and they failed. That's it. Yeah. exactly. But if you look at the under, and you're right. If you look at the underlying stats, I'm a okay with you saying Casey should have won that by one or two points. All right, but but since he was a clean win, the other two games they clearly won the stats. And if anything, I resp- if if that was the only game since he had done well against Mahomes and Casey, I would have said, oh, they got flat. They but the fact they had that in their bag too, that even if Casey gets up, they think they can. Come back. I think that's a net positive, really. Yeah. Yes. And 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 you look at the game script on all these games: fifty-one points, fifty-one points, sixty-five points. You know, no one's stopping anybody in these games. All right. So we got. Let's get our bets established. Oh, go ahead. I had a question about like kind of the you know the gamesmanship or whatever you want Mm -hmm. to call it. With, I mean, if there was, let's say, only a portion of the the practice is open to the media. Mm -hmm. Well, let's say that's a fact. Okay. Is it worth that portion of the practice? Saying Mahomes is a full go, he's getting all the one reps. Is that is that gamesmanship worth taking reps away from Chad Henney, who started one game in the last since twenty fourteen? No, no. I'm I'm not saying that Mahomes isn't going to start. I'm saying he's probably more banged up than they're letting on. Okay, yeah. that's yeah. No one's saying Mahomes is not playing. We're all, okay. we're all saying Mahomes is playing. And, it's and, just that the the game the game script might not be a typical Mahomes game script. And the spread is telling you that he's he's going to play but he's he's severely compromised because if 100% Mahomes and I'm not on an island here mm-hmm. I'd make the game KC minus 5. Mm-hmm. If it's Henny, I would say the line would be about 3.2. The other way. The other way. Okay. Cincinnati would be favored minus 3 lay a dollar 20. All right. So I think that from what I've heard of people I respect the five's a little high but Four is what more people are saying, but let's let's call it four and a half to go in between. And I think a little over three is what I've heard too. So I, can, I, think, I can go to three and a half. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, I'm, I was talking. I don't think there's no. You really think Kansas City would be five right now with a healthy Mahomes? Oh yeah. Well, well, I want to make the case. Who's better, Kansas City or Buffalo? I I, I think the, coming into the game, people thought Buffalo was, and that's that's unequivocal. I mean, well, we had a bet on it, I guess, yeah, and, yeah. and and and, uh, but it was close. It, okay, uh, all right, and that really was my my handicap was just that Buffalo was laying six, but but, but just and like since he, and since he gets upgraded but, by a point, so now I make it five. But just like Hurts. Well, first off, 
Well, it's hard to take anything away from the Kansas City game, or much away. I, I mean, at Jacksonville, it wasn't impressive. I mean, Mahomes playing okay was impressive. The defense, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, th- I thought it, it, I thought it exceeded expect. They almost covered, they almost covered without their quarterback, basically. But again, his stats were about as good as you could expect right. a quarterback to have, which is good when your guys on one hopping around on one. I leg. agree. That's, that's, that's a good. good team no, his performance for sure, I would agree with. Yeah. But but here's the thing. Just like Hertz was an open question coming into the Philly first round game or division round game, the Cincy O line was a big question. Yes. The fact they played beyond any reasonable expectation has to be a major that's, factor. Yeah, that's a really good point. I did notice that two of these guys are showing up as being, you know, questionable. So they, but possible one of them, they get they get cap back, right? Possibly and but unlikely. So saying, other. so saying, if anything, it's going to be, be more better. talent on the line. The guy yeah. with the dislocated kneecap, I don't think is going to play. Now here's the question. Is how much of their ability had to do with the the slick field, their ability to block? Because it seemed like Buffalo was having trouble getting off the line. Uh, the I, I, I agree. So it might have been a situation where their weaknesses were covered up by the weather. And now here, if it's it's not supposed to be slick and rainy, right? Right. So it um, actually, uh, it was early in the week, and I believe the forecast, the latest forecast, calls for better weather. There was a possibility for snow like two days ago. I, I think that that's mitigated. Can you check that, Mackenzie? Yeah, weather ten percent participation chance on Sunday, Kansas City. Uh, and what's the precipitation? <laughs> also ten percent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say one hundred percent Kansas City participation. Yeah, yeah, the, the city is definitely going to be involved. So <laughs> I, yeah, I the think Chiefs. the crowd's going to yeah, be. Yeah. The Chiefs will be involved one hundred percent. The participation's one hundred percent. But you know what's interesting is, is we talked about like on, on our Monday report how. The Mahomes injury was like, bang! The odds makers kind of got this wrong. You know, they didn't they didn't which, price it in enough. Which is why, and I'm I'm going to let you finish here in a second. Which is why I think this move could be is legit, but also it, it feels like it's right and wrong, and and they could still be deceptive in this move, not be far or not too far. But go ahead. Yeah. So like almost in lockstep, the total starts out at fifty. And it comes down to 47. And then there's a movement of Cincinnati. It's catching three, and then they become the favorite. So they're both crashing like they would if Mahomes is not close to 100%. And it's coming straight off of the Kansas City expected points. Exactly right. They're they're, they're saying Kansas City is not going to score 26 points. They're going to score 23 points. All right? But now, look what's happened. Money's coming in big time on Kansas City, but the total ain't budging. And the weather report got better. And the total's staying at 47. And I don't understand it, so my, my best bet is over 47. I don't get this. Okay. It's inconsistent with the money on Kansas City, the bullishness on the Kansas City offense. All right, so usually when you aren't sure why a number is where it is, that's something to fear, that there's information that you don't have. So what is your thesis on what it could be? Because let's think about this. If the total, if the odds, the spread, the spread moves and the total doesn't move, that whatever effect it's having, it's going to be positive for one and negative for the other in equal proportion. So they're saying Kansas City is going to score more yes. and Cincinnati is going to score less. What has happened that would make people think Cincinnati is going to score less? Nothing. So this can't be a Mahomes. This is only going to be a partial Mahomes. If anything, only half this move is Mahomes then. Yes, and it doesn't make any sense because Mahomes is – people are bullish on Mahomes. His 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 passing yardage is going up. People are betting him over as we speak. Yeah, but that's not a liquid enough market to – I mean – Yeah, but the only people betting it are pros right now. See, I don't – see, I wonder about that. In a conference championship game on Mahomes, 
I think people are. Th- They're too lazy. They'll bet a Friday. They're not betting it yet. <laughs> the the people are lazy. Steve says up from his golden tower. They're betting Indiana and college basketball. But you're the same guy who says as soon as these numbers get posted, they're gone. Yeah, yeah. These and, and and these and these numbers are going to, like the the Mahomes two seventy eight and a half is gone. Yes, but and it was it was dropping initially, but it's it it has it has U turned. But Fez, so really, what you're saying is one of the main premises of your bet is that the totals market in a conference championship game is in a, is woefully inefficient. Yes, and I think I'll be proven right within twenty four hours. And How so? What do you mean? Because I think it'll be forty eight and twenty four hours. Okay. Well, listen, if if it's that inefficient. It seems like it should be a lot easier to win. It's you know? not that hard to to, to to win when you're betting early in the week and you're betting throughout the week. And I, I think this is a this is a case where the news came in, and with with, the, with and 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 I think the market's a lot more efficient on us in, in some ways. A lot more people are paying attention Sunday night to openers than they are when it's just a Tuesday or Wednesday midweek. I agree with that generally. I would make the case that this the line is almost like the Rosetta Stone of how Mahomes' status, and I'm hearing guys like Ryan Rosillo talking about the line, talking about, yeah, there's been Bengals money. I think this line is really part at the front of the news on this game because it tells you what the market thinks about Mahomes. Yes. Yeah, so if you look uh, during week 13, the regular season this year, the total closed at 53 and a half. Last year's championship game closed at 54 and a half, and last year's regular season game closed at 51. And all three of the games between these two teams went over this current number of 47 and a half. It's interesting. Two of the three wound up going under the 53 and a half because they, they, the last two games landed 51. Yeah, but still over the 47 yeah, and a half. That's right. Though. And you have a pick. Which is the over 47 and a half. And you can get 47s. It, it is truly 47.3. There's enough 47s. Uh-oh. Still Chiefs just available. went to one at Bet Online. One minus 108. Dun, dun, dun. Who's betting in the middle of the night like that? I don't know. But I mean that. Yeah. Bet online, certainly I mean, because they open first a lot of the times. They got every wise guy has an account, or every most wise guys have an account there. So, by the way, and bet online, I don't know about the ownership and how it works. There's a, there's well, a book called Lovig. Uh-huh. You're familiar with Lovig? Uh, go ahead. They copy the bet online lines essentially, but when you make a bet into, I, I think it's the same ownership, and you're laying like minus 108 or minus 106 on different markets. But if you bet into the Lovig, it will move the bet online line. Okay. So they, it, 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 it helps make Which the Which is reinforcing the point that this is going to be sharp. Yes. Yes, because the people, the sharps love betting into a reduced VIG book, and they have, they have a, that, that helps bet online sharpen their numbers incredibly well. Yes. Okay, so do, does that move happen when, it's the, uh, when the executives are there, or is this an overnight phenomenon you're talking about, this, where the, the line's pegged? It, it, it happens almost automatically. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um. So we'll keep an eye on the screen. You, I mean, it's Tuesday or uh, Wednesday night, eight twenty-eight and forty-two seconds here Pacific time. I didn't in know Vegas. it was Tuesday or Wednesday. So like, <laughs> uh, let's look at some Bengals factors here. We talked about the O line. I don't think it's as easy as oh, the O line's not a problem. Look how well they played last week. Um, I also think that if you look at this chase, there's some numbers out there about when Chase plays how good this team is. And uh, Mackenzie, maybe run that down, but it, it's some, it was something like 22-5 and five, like when Chase plays. And, and again, this, is, this Bengals team, I've, I don't think I've ever seen a team that was considered inferior. Mm-hmm. Like they were, 
they were the ones who were, you know, trying to be Kansas City, trying to be competitive with. When have we seen a team beat the superior team three straight times like this? It'd be like the Arizona Cardinals back in 92 beating the Cowboys. I mean, you know, whenever Arizona was like almost, you know, they're a playoff team, but it would, they'd always, or Cincinnati beating the Steelers. Col- Colts never beat the years. Patriots three times in a row yeah, with I, Peyton Manning. You know, what's, what's interesting is those, a lot of those games got priced like the Colts were every bit as good. You know, yep. that, that, that was... Well, they usually were better in the regular yeah, season. Yeah, so it kind of does apply that the Patriots did depance the, the Colts in some ways, despite not being priced that way. Bengals 24-10. Uh, and 10. I wonder what the qualifier was. And, oh, wait, wait, wait. It might be Burrow and yeah, Chase. Yeah, Burrow and Chase, for sure. So anything second half of the first year of Burrow, take out and see what we get. 24-10 and 10 without... I, I included that in the query. Um, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase playoffs and career. Right yeah, but do you see the output doesn't say that? Well, there's a picture of Joe Burrow right there. Okay, I got it here. All right, so 17-4, and four, it looks like, straight up, the last 21 that Chase and Burrow played. Now, keep in mind, and, you know, we can always call this is a Fez special. We can say, well, but, well, but, I think it's a little valid here. We know Burrow was off the appendix and just didn't look right. I mean, through what, six and five interceptions against the Steelers? Yeah, I like the Steelers, but I mean, the, the way Burrow's playing today is very different. But even with those games, 17 and four, and it wasn't just a couple weeks ago, the Bills were laying two and a half at Cincinnati Maybe, yes. on Monday night. So the wise guys were on Cincy. All the advanced analytics people had Cincy. Uh, wise guys were on Cincy throughout the second half of the year. I mean, not that game specifically. Yes. Um, and it seems like it's come to pass. I mean, a lot of serious power ratings I respect had Cincy the best team. And if you look at our model right now of four, well, it's really just a composite of four different sources. Uh, Kevin Cole is one of them. And Neflo is one of them. Football Outsiders is one of them. And our pregame EPA adjustments are one of them. And... If you look at the best teams, this is on the season now. So using those four metrics, the best team in the league this year, Philadelphia, <clears throat> second best, Cincinnati and San Fran are tied. And they're 0. 0.6 points behind Philly. And number four, a tenth of a point behind Kansas City. Then Buffalo, Dallas. So the numbers make a lot of sense. By the way, the next team, Fez, you're Jacksonville Jacks. <laughs> Then New England. Then Where are the Chargers. Chargers, um, twenty no sixteen. Mm-hmm. They're actually there. You know, we do it where zero is an average team. Mm-hmm. They're zero mm. point zero. <laughs> so I think that's uh, point zero is zero. I know zero. It's zero <laughs> point zero. Do you think that's a little optimistic, Fat? Like, would you say that's that's given too much respect to the Chargers? I I, I think. It's slightly disrespecting them just because they, because they because they got healthier. The All right, let, let me check again. Let me recalculate. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Zero point zero. Never mind. It's accurate. Yeah, it's, I mean, I just they love the dean says so. <laughs> How you feeling about the Chargers? N- not great, I, but I don't care about the Chargers. I've said this. I don't care about the Chargers. I, I just care about their quarterback. Scott, you're his partner in Sovam. Does he seem to care about Herbs? I do. Herbs. Yeah. Trey Lance has no grading. I can separate player from team, though. (laughs) All right. So anyway, 
Fez, what's your power rating say? Uh, very comparable. I've got the Eagles and San Fran tied for first. Well, well, Kansas City's first, but that's but Mahomes is injured now. So KC won, then Philly, but San you Fran. You realize that we don't agree with the Kansas City. I mean, like, no one. Oh, let's see who agrees with that. Because you're assuming Kansas City is like a default first. With mm. This doesn't account for Mahomes' health. Oh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to come over the top. I'm going right. to prove my case here. Go ahead. Mackenzie, can you pull up the Super Bowl odds right now in the I'm going to prove my I'm going to prove no, my you'll, case. No, you'll agree. You'll agree. Right. You'll agree. But go ahead and throw, throw up the Super Bowl Are odds. Are we really going to say the Super Bowl? market that has a ton to do with what kind of exposure is 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 on the books if already? all four teams have comparable odds and one team has a very injured quarterback, that's pretty convincing that that team's well, the best team. team. For, it's one of the home teams. Well, they only get one home game. they got to play the Super Bowl on the neutral. Yeah, so one home game it means they're getting three points in two or two points in two games, which is a point It's a good game. point. It's a good point. Yeah. But it's I mean, point. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. Um, well, let, let, let's just see what people got for Philly. Just or, I'm sorry, for Kansas City. So, um, Right now, Kevin Cole has Kansas City number one. Football Outsiders has him four. Pre-game has him four. Neflo has him four. You know, to be fair also, and I've spoken about this like all year long, I was going to raise Kansas City's power rating when they went into the playoffs because I felt that the experience and you know, that they had and that they somewhat sleepwalked well, playing through some against of games. Playing against Cincinnati, you think they've got the edge when they've been beat three times in a row? Well, that's, that's, not, that's a matchup. That's not a power rating situation. But, but that, I, there's I, only two games left. But, but if, oh, if, you make if, a point. if they were both playing... Like yeah, I hear, yeah, I hear. Somebody else. I, I, like, I'd rather. So you're can- saying you're, you're talking in the abstract how good the team is. I like Kansas chance- City more against Baltimore than I do Cincinnati against Baltimore. But Cincinnati now has a lot of playoff experience too. I mean, no was- doubt. Yeah, but no, no, doubt. but no, but again, and not five AFC title games. Sure. In a row. He makes a good point though too that if you look at if this is all about Kansas City's performance in the regular season, they're the one team. That seems to do the NBA. LeBron, I'm not trying as hard as you know the good plays theory. Um, Although pursuant to your Bengals, mm-hmm. so I took a look at their schedule second half of the year, and it's pretty remarkable. So here it is at Pittsburgh mm-hmm. win. That's Which aging in hindsight looks good, aging nicely. At Tennessee, you know Tennessee's almost made the playoffs. Kansas City, Cleveland, mm-hmm. who, who in this power ranking is average 11th. team. Average Cole team. loves mm-hmm. Cleveland. At Tampa Bay, average team on the road. Yeah, but still Tom Brady at yeah. New England. All right, mm-hmm. um, almost win. a playoff that was a team. Tough win. Buffalo, Baltimore. Damn, where is schedule, the man. where the hell is the cupcake? I know now, but Tennessee's the cupcake. But are they fatigued? Maybe too. I mean, Kansas City with the bye. All right. I think the but they um, had a borderline bye in Week 17. Who? No, they needed it for the, the, Buff- the Buffalo. Oh, he's not by the Buffalo game. Yeah. Oh, that, you know, that actually I know emotionally it was yeah. draining, but they were the home team and they only had to play a quarter. That's a great point Scott's making. A great I, point. I think it's inappropriate to talk about <laughs> anything associated right. with edges. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's or, or is it now appropriate? I, I don't know. Too yeah. soon. As long as there's <laughs> no. As, yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Wait, but you know another point. Like the, all those stats got thrown in the garbage can. That's not fair. Bengals kicked Does Buffalo's ma- ass that, for a quarter. Life is what matters. You're right. You're right, of course. It's inappropriate. 
I was telling Mary about how you actually texted one of your partners or one of your best. That's inappropriate. And then like about 20 minutes later, I go, Fez, you should probably apologize. You go, you know, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Leon. I mean, they probably thought you were kidding. He's like, I'm so sorry. I probably thought they were. I would have thought you were kidding. If if I would have texted you like, hey, let's short the space shuttle, like Gecko, after he explodes, and you'd go, that's inappropriate. I'd be like, quit joking. Short all the NASA suppliers. (laughs) Quit. All right. So what else? So you you guys both like the over. Mm -hmm. Scott and... um, And Just series history. These teams, they don't stop Scott and Fez. AJ, you like the over, but you got a little angle on it. Yeah, I'm going over 23 in the first half. uh, And there's two reasons why. One, if, if Mahomes gets a shot... I don't know that he will, but if he gets one. A shot like an injection. An injection, yeah. Oh, we're not talking about like Jack or. No. <laughs> then, or a chance, I don't yeah. I don't have to worry about it wearing off after halftime. The other thing is. I, they, can't they give a second shot? I, I No. Is you, that right? you typically don't do that, no. But the other thing is now Mahomes gets to work with the scripted plays, which I think is important. Or early on, like if we're talking about him having to play from the pocket, at least the the, the, the plays will be scripted. So, Mackenzie, do a quick analysis on first quarter or for the quarter of scoring with Kansas City and Cincy, yep. not between them, but them as teams. And then the you know the 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 Bengals high scoring games, the Bengals beating up the Chiefs. I mean, well, beating them by three a game, but the Bengals having the upper hand is true. Mahomes has been great in these games, though. Typically, the three games, his average. But Q- what's that got to do with it? Well, I'm just saying if he's if he's playing really well and they're still losing and he's injured, that's not a cause for optimism, is it? Um, because the theory again, is, I'm not betting. I'm not betting the side here. I'm talking about for the total. Like I think yeah. I think Mahomes is still going to put up. I think he's still going to get his yards. I see. You, you know, pursuing what I like about AJ also is we talk all the time about that Lou Anonymous guy that I can't pronounce his last Lou name. Lou Thank you. Um, and, and, and and the defensive adjustments he makes at halftime. Well. We don't have to worry about this defensive adjustments. We've been first half over. There's been a huge narrative. There is no def- There are no defensive That's adjustments. There are no Peyton adjustments. There's that. no time to make any of the. If the Manning say they, Peyton said you go in, you get a snack. You know? Well, that, maybe I if you're Peyton, yeah, but maybe if you're Peyton Manning, you that's don't, what you don't have to that. meet with the. Yeah. Here's what they said though: why there does seem to be a demarcator in the third quarter is a lot of teams have planned. changes they're going to make. So not adjustments as much as, hey, we know once we do this, we're going to have to do something different, and they have it planned, and after halftime is when they do it. Mm. That's interesting. So it's like the first first series or two is scripted in the beginning of the game, the first series or two is scripted at the beginning of the second half. Or or even potentially a change in, in, in strategy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, but it's it's a scripted game plan going into the second half, knowing yes. that they're gonna. Yeah, not so much yeah. a list of plays, mm-hmm. but rather an mm-hmm. approach. I'm 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 gonna throw this out there. Just mm-hmm. first play, you could bet on the first play. Does Kansas City run the ball or pass? I the honestly ball? think first play is gonna be a play action bomb. If I'm Andy, I think Reed, they're gonna pass. Also. If I'm Andy Reid, the first play call, I'm giving Patrick Mahomes a chance to shoot it down the field. Are the odds any different than they should be here? Like, if you didn't know Mahomes was hurt, are the odds right? I haven't seen them up yet, be, but, but they'll be based upon season-long averages. You know, if so, like, that's like, in, yeah. or at least the open will. Yes, right? um, we got. And obviously, hit. somebody knows. <laughs> somebody knows what the first play is going to be. You know, it's pretty uh, beatable. The the what I was getting wow. to on the on the Patrick Mahomes performances in those three games, his average QBR seventy five point five. If you look at all the quarterbacks in the last two years, none of them. Have a, a, a QBR better than seventy five point five. But that's about been, but that's about what Mahomes has. But you're saying the Bengals have an above average defense, so that's and he's impressive. still doing it to them. Yeah. 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 How did he do in the first halves of those games? 
Uh, well, remember the we well, had the lead. The yeah, they had jumped out to and, a and huge lead. Could have been twenty eight. Yeah. last week, last year. So, Fez, one thing you said I don't want people to misconstrue it is you said, "Oh, that's beatable." But it's just like you know when I do hits that are like mainstream that aren't even sometimes it's not even sports shows like around the Super Bowl, or whatever. The question is, how can they take bets on the national the first song this band's going to sing? Gatorade color and all that stuff and. The answer is simple. The limits are so low yes. that, that if someone truly... Now, again, when the in, inside information starts to spread, then it's a different story, and we see things taken down. Yeah. But in general, a small group that knows something, that, what are they taking on these things? Like the first play, what can you bet? 250. Yeah. yeah, so we got... A couple of years ago, I had uh, I had the inside info on the, the Jennifer Lopez halftime. Mm-hmm. Had somebody at rehearsals, Jenny from the Block, first song. We all went online. The highest anybody got was 250. Mm-hmm. And but we all got like a hundred, hundred twenty-five or whatever. And uh, I'm still Jenny from the block. Cashed it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, the hitman who knows his props. He's got a side pick here, and you know something? I tend to agree with him. Let's listen. Best bet: Chiefs plus one. Any Chiefs handicap starts with Patrick Mahomes. This line would have been KC minus three and a half to KC minus four if not for the injury. And the line is essentially telling us that Patrick Mahomes severely hobbled. And while he won't be 100%, my anticipation is that he's a lot healthier than the market is thinking, giving us some value on KC. Some other sharp groups of market influence seem to agree. This line has went from Kansas City plus two and a half to plus one just in the last 24 hours. There's also a false narrative out there about the success of the Bengals defense going against Mahomes. But over the past two years, the Chiefs have averaged 2.8 points per drive against the Bengals, the most that any opponent has had against them. Kansas City's also averaged 6.4 yards per play and scored a touchdown on 36% of their possessions in those games. Lastly, let's not forget about this Bengals offensive line missing three starters. Didn't matter against Buffalo, but it could easily matter against a Chiefs defense that has allowed a league low 3.6 yards per attempt when they get pressure this season. Best bet, Kansas City Chiefs plus one. Okay. Now, I had this before. I'm not following the hit, man, but I actually, if I had to make one bet in this round, it would be, and I don't know if I'm going to bet it, actually. So this is... An official bet, but again, we bet. This is just one of those examples where there's two games, and you know what? If I would have something on one of these two, that means in a normal week I'd have eight or nine pick or eight picks, right? If it was a full card, right? One half the game, 16, one half is eight. I don't bet eight sides or totals even, but you could say it's the playoffs. Yeah, if anything, the lines are sharper in my opinion. So, but that said, I do think there was an overreaction, and we said it Monday when the, especially as the line was higher, is boy, this is almost priced like Mahomes is not playing. Yes, and I think it's now moved in a way where it's priced fairly that he's going to play, or at least the the injury part is fair. He's going to play, but um, he's less than a hundred percent. We're not exactly sure how much. I agree less. with that. Here's why I like Kansas City, though. Two things, a trend you're not going to hear anywhere Ooh. else. No chance. Until well, they, we're going to hear it a lot. Well, who knows? Tomorrow. Here's what we'll say. When a team has won three straight games and been an underdog in all three, what happens in game four? Well, that team that won, won, won 28 and 39 
against the spread. So the playoff trend or an overall trend? Overall. overall. So the theory is they're an underdog for a reason in all of those games. And the emotional – it's just so difficult to, they, to, to get up. And this happens in the NCAA well, remember, tournament. Remember, it's not the same season. You can't play four oh. times in the same season, right? Mm. This is about. Oh yeah, you're right. This you're is right. about where there's a narrative that, this, like, what I misunderstood. Here? So, what's happening now? Let's think about Bengals it. Bengals on the Chiefs. Bengals on the Chiefs, and in uh, the react, in whatever truth there is to that, the market moves more than the truth. Yeah, but they're an underdog for a reason. They're an underdog for a reason. But again, the funny thing is, in about half these games, they're favored. The, the, they've been dogs three times in a row. The fourth time, they're favored. That's oh, what shows you that, yeah. that movement yeah. that I'm talking mm-hmm. about. And this is by uh, 2.7 points a game. So almost a field goal a game is the ATS margin. I think that's meaningful. Is it exactly three? It's after exactly three upset wins. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it yeah. could be more, but it's three, at least three, right? It's not like if they, they had to lose the fourth game. It's mm-hmm. like there's been three in a row, and mm-hmm. here we are. Um, and maybe part of that is that the team that was favored, that's lost three in a row, it's like they're making the the adjustments, and the team that's won, all we got to do is I, just throw it to Chase again. They can't stop him. Yeah. I think you, like what that's a really good trend because I, I was thinking about this. Somebody asked me if if the Bills played the Bengals again, what would the line be? Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know, probably a Buffalo minus four and a half or five. Actually, I heard uh, someone from Circa say, and they said, let's think about this a second. They actually said three and a half, but. But that was my point. Like it, it, even that, I mean, that feels like a massive overreaction to a you know a game and ten minutes of a game. Like, but but that's what people do. That's well, what, I agree, but I, I I think again the the Bengals answering the question of their O line. It was it was a you said it was a point and a half question, right? Yeah, yeah. And I I think I'd make it three. See, that's even lower. Oh, yeah. I mean, but again, I think we now Who's better have, the Bills or the Bengals right now. I mean, you, I mean, everyone's every, everyone's power rating now has has the Bengals have leapfrogged. But I got them equal. Uh-huh. I got I got them as equal teams. Um, I think whatever is going on with 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 Allen has proven itself to be a major problem. Yes. It, it, it's not he's playing differently than he you know. So I don't know if it's his injury or what. It doesn't really matter now. But it's hard to say they didn't have every chance yep. to show otherwise. And I do think that one quarter in that that first game shows you it wasn't a fluke. And that's the thing about these Bengals, man. I don't love betting against them. I do, and and I like it more at plus two. And, and again, this this could swing. I also think that Mahomes, we got a history that he's done okay with this type of injury. And Andy Reid is a genius. He's like one of the three or four people on earth that can call offense that well. Disguises it nicely, too. <laughs> the genius part? Yes. Well, that's the thing about geniuses. They don't worry about that kind of stuff. I like to draw mustaches on players' faces when they're sleeping. <laughs> I'm going to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> All right. Maybe a savant. Maybe a savant. <laughs> I do want to address line moves because I've, right. seen, I've seen this story so many times. You know what's going to happen is at some point over the next 48 hours – Patrick Mahomes, maybe maybe on Saturday, Patrick Mahomes has been named the starter, and the second I think that, that's happened already, and and that no, that has not. No, happened. Andy Reid said he's going to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. which I, is again driving. I mean, this move is. But but, but I, I I I know that so often everybody knows that a player's going to play, and mm-hmm. then he's announced to, to play like on the odd screens and the like, and boom, the point spread moves a point. But, by, but it did. It, yeah, so I, it'll move. But I it'll think that's happened. Again. Yeah, it'll literally no. move again. No, Steve. 
He's already announced it. All right. He's announced it. It's done. All right. And, and that's what the, you were talking about, this big line move. It's like yeah. that. If I he think... reiterates tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. No, but. He... Like I said yesterday, I was, Patrick's going to start. Was, I thought he was only probable on the. I, I, I saw him upgraded to probable. Not yeah, but that he was starting. They talk all the time. Coaches all the time will say something above and beyond yeah, that. Yeah, but still the odd screen's going to say he is starting officially. He is announced as a starter and, 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 and money will come on Kansas who's City. The co- who's the coach for Kansas City? Andy Reid. Who could announce it other than him? Andy Reid. All right. It's going to be fake, Andy Reid. Now, this reminds me of, this is going to take 45 seconds. A good, a good friend of I'm mine. I'm snapping a photo when, when, this, when this line move hits. A good friend of mine, Matt Lowe, I grew up with. He was younger than me. He was a neighbor, and then he went to high state. His dad was like a classic guy where we grew up in the Ohio Valley, just a coal miner, loved sports. Matt was a good athlete. He went to play basketball at Marietta. But him and his dad would, you know, had a contentious relationship at times. There was love there, but they would talk sports. So one time we were in Columbus watching the NCAA tournament, you know, the basketball. And he calls his dad and I hear him talking on the phone. He's on speaker. And his dad goes, so it's about four in the afternoon, the opening Thursday. And his dad goes, I like, uh, I don't know, I'll say uh, Louisville. And Matt goes, oh, no chance, Louisville. They, they, it's over. He's like, no, I like Louisville, son. He goes, it's over, Dad. And they go back and forth like a minute. The game had already been played. It was over. <laughs> and, he, and he thought he was like dogging him, saying, oh, God, your pick's so bad, there's no chance. It's kind of like you guys, we kept saying, they announced it. But when they announced it, he goes. <laughs> I'm still standing by when that odd service says he is, he is, he is. Announced as the starter by the PA address guy or whoever does oh, so you think it. When the starting lineups come out and his name oh, is on so there. You mean before the game? Yes. Like for the thirty, like the two minutes before they're throw, show him throwing. The hour? No, the no, with like forty-eight minutes before oh. the game, the official lineups come out, and That's when his true. name is because they have the they have the people who are not active at that point, and right. and there will be the B team betters that were like, oh, he's playing quick, quick, bet Kansas City. Now we know Mahomes is going to play. But you I don't know, know anybody who thinks Mahomes isn't going to play now, though. Like, no, but, he, but he's right that things that are obvious, there are enough casual batters now when they see the affirm- the confirmation of it, they react to it. I, I get in college basketball, for instance, I don't know what I'm doing, like 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 in January, and like everybody knows that that, that some point guard is gonna play, but he's on the injury report, and then they're like, he's playing. And I'm like, quick. But college them. basketball is so different because they don't have Are ha- you debating Faz though on on the line moves? Because, I mean, he's right, but no, I'm not I, saying you're, you, you, it's irrational. I agree with you. So, what I'm saying is college basketball, like their Twitter accounts will post st- tonight's starting lineup 20 minutes before the game, and there's movement after that happens. But, often, but oftentimes, like, like literally, a game moved from seven to four because everyone knew the point guard was out. And then they say, the point guard's out, and it drops to three. But I've never seen an NFL team say, like, tweet out 20 minutes before the game, Patrick Mahomes I, is starting. Guys, I, th- I do think what you're doing is you're trying to defend your point in a way. I don't think it's about, but it's happened in the past. We predicted. Some I of know, these but it happens that, when it's officially announced, like on Friday or. Thursday. But it happens again on the on the day oh, of the game. See, I've never seen that. Who so. was playing? And like right. we knew he was. And again, playing, or not, listen. It, or think about playing. this. Drop into. Think of a sport like hockey. Let's say you just started dabbling in hockey. Scott's an expert at hockey. Now you probably know how many players in hockey. 
there's five and a goalie, six. No, how many players do you know, individual <laughs> human beings? Oh, like how just, many could I name? Just like the, ones that I, the ones that I talk about. Oh, maybe, maybe a dozen. All right. So let's say in the first month of batting, you picked up another three dozen, right? Okay. So you know three, two, three players. If there's a guy that's just on the periphery of you knowing, and you see right, you're thinking of making a bat, and you see it flash, and he's out, and it's got red, what are you going to You're going to react to that. Sure. That's no, it, it happens all the time in hockey when we know anyone who's betting hockey on a regular basis, you know who's likely to start in goal this game. Mm-hmm. And But until you get the official tweet from the team or a reporter that says, you know, hey, this is who's in the starters crease in, in opening skate, th- that's when the line will move. The line will move when the goalie gets announced. Well, the line already has moved. Yeah, But, it's but like, now it will move irrationally yes, because like, people don't realize yeah. the B-team betters are like the mm-hmm. Vaskoleski. Is, is, we, we all knew he wasn't going to play except for yes, you. We all, right. we all know who's in, and then all of a sudden when it's officially announced, then people start betting it. It looks like, I agree. I agree. By the way, your hockey's doing pretty well, huh? Yes, sir. How's it done? Uh, after tonight, it'll be about 42 units up on the season. 42? Yeah. That's the meaning of the universe, 42. Wow. And the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy. <laughs> right, McKenzie? Indeed. <laughs> Good book. We got a new sponsorship? <laughs> All right. You, college basketball, are killing it. I mean, I'm having a little snack in between when we take our little break. AJ's like, I got. I, I've been killing basketball. He goes. I don't bet road favorites anymore. And I look at his thing. It's win or win or win. I'm like, that seems like a good idea. What you're doing? There was one loser. How you yeah, road favorite? <laughs> so who was the loser? Belmont. Mm. Belmont minus twelve. That's Evans, where you went to school. Evansville hit a three. Wow, what a homer! Homer City. <laughs> I went nine and one on Saturday. My one loser was betting against Belmont. That was so. a terrible you know pick. I don't know what you're doing. You, yeah. You know what's <laughs> funny though is we were talking about his record. You know, on his picks here, he's like 60, 70%. He's actually 88% if you remove any bets on the Chargers or the Bills. Mm. <laughs> There's been a lot of losers on the Chargers and Bills, true or not? Ne- probably. Never has a handicapper caught more flack in a season that he hit two thirds of the I know. It's crazy. Never. <laughs> you just think what he could have done. Thank God my. What if I would have gone 45%? So, yeah, that's a great point. If he had gone 33%. <laughs> He would be like right right now. He'd be he'd be in, in an office in Mesquite. Exactly. He, he wouldn't be on the show now. What is the college basketball record? Fifty six percent right now. Fifty six, and you've been hot lately. Yeah, thirty units in the past two weeks. Third, wow, plus okay. thirty. Yeah. All right. So here's what we're gonna do. Start next week. We're gonna have the normal pod that we do the look the early handicap on the Super Bowl. We're gonna have a little twelve minute college basketball corner, and from then on every. Thursday morning, we'll have a, an update. What's happening in college basketball? What's happening to the big favorites to win the title? Everything. Because we're going to March Madness. Everybody here. stinks. Or, they all stink. Or everyone has it. All the good, decent teams have a chance. They do. It's a dream. It it's is, not bad. It's wide open. Just think, Kentucky, what's it been, six, seven years when they were like even money entering the tournament? Mm. Remember? They had Anthony Davis. Yes. Was that fun? No. I'd rather it parody. Be, I like, I like, I like the underdog to have a chance. You probably hated Hoosiers. You were rooting for the team Hoosiers played. And there's no doubt. You said the hoops are ten feet. You know there were some bad calls that that went in the favor of the Hoosier team. They really did not deserve that win. <laughs> That's a good movie. It's good. You know, oh, 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 wait. Are you like a skeptic that thinks it's overrated? No, it's not that. It's just, first of all, basketball movies don't do it for me all the time. But I'm a, I'm a sports movie connoisseur, and I just you know I think that it's it's. 
It's, you, it's you, rightfully placed. Scott, you got a tape measure on? Well, right, rightfully <laughs> placed. It's placed like as maybe the best sports movie of all yeah, time. Yeah. You, I, I don't get like. Did you, it's funny if the director a little outdated. If me. the director had stolen his wife, he would have reacted this way. <laughs> it's like well, I don't get it. All right, the natural is that high on your list? Yeah. It, it's, well, what's your top right. three? Oh, I, I mean, Rocky okay. is up there. I agree. Um, well, how's this sound? Every five minutes to, as we finish the pod, I get give me number two and three. Every five. Sure. All right, think on it. If he says Hoosiers, it's going to be very funny. All right, let's wrap it up. I've got, and, and we have the time shift coming up, a good talk on the bookmaking in the modern era. So right now, Chiefs, I'm taking... Pickham is out there. Well, plus one's out there. I'm taking. I'm taking the one. All right. I need that. I should have two and a half. Fez, <laughs> you've got the over. Over forty-seven. Best. Yep. Scott has the over. I got the over, and I want to add a prop as well. I thought you were going to add a pick. Go ahead. I'd like to add a prop for uh, Jarek McKinnon over in receiving yards. You saw last week when Mahomes was injured, he had his highest usage rate of the season, 65% of the snaps, because he is the much better blocking back than Isaiah Pacheco, which means that with Mahomes being slightly you know, hampered, this is McKinnon's strong. going to be the guy that's going to get the bulk of the play in the backfield to protect him. And... He'll, Just naturally, that usage leads to yes. more, more results than he typically A couple have. of dump-off passes here or there. He was extremely effective against the Bengals last year in the playoffs. I think he goes over his receiving yardage prop of 29 and a half yards. All right, so why yardage and, and not receptions? If the dump-offs are what you think is going to happen, why have the variance that would come with does he— is he got? A, is he a real threat to break one? And it's more widely available. The 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 number of catches is like only like. Uh, and then you still, see. but you still, you, you can still, still find can, it. Well, what I'm saying is, you still can say that three is preference number one. So it, it's juiced a little higher. The over three and a half receptions is minus one fifty, mm-hmm. and the over uh, McKinnon is now twenty nine and a half even. Minus, I do, minus I do like RJ idea because if your handicap is correct, mm-hmm. you win. If they're throwing it to McKinnon, you don't need him because to go over the thirty, variance. you need it. You need a fifteen-yard catch. And real quick, he said something that could be misleading: is just because the vig is higher in one, it doesn't mean it's more expensive. It is if you lose, but specifically, it's like if it was a teaser kind of effect. Yeah, the line. The question is, what is the true market line, mm-hmm. and has have they moved the number or did they move the vig? It's a lot easier to move the yardage numbers than it is to move a full reception. Like, yeah, so maybe it, it could have opened at the, the one. Who knows, right? But what do you prefer? Forgetting anything about availability, which one feels like it's part of your handicap? Oof. And Mackenzie, you got I, something like, up here. Uh, why don't you, you share us the market right now, and then we'll get his final word. Yeah, so minus 150 is consensus. You can get a minus 145 out there on the catches. 29 and a half, pretty consistent across the board. There is 130 and a half at points bet. Points bet, okay. You know, I, I have an acquaintance, Chuck Edel, and mm-hmm. he used to say, you don't pay the VIG when you win. <laughs> That's true. I think, Chuck's very sharp. I think I'd rather receptions. All right. Because if he does, you know, take a, take a dump off pass and gets hit by a linebacker right at the line of scrimmage, as long as it gains it, one it, yard, it, it's, a, it's a reception, not it, behind the line of scrimmage. It's a, you know, It fits with your handicap, I think. Yes. It, it, it's it's less, yeah, I, I like the idea in terms of a fairness. If, mm-hmm. you're, if you're right, you win. Because all, right, all so, it takes is for him to be blocking and not even involved in the pass play, but mm-hmm. to turn around when the guy, the lineman beats him and Mahomes to give it to him. All right, if you give us the two movies that round out your top three, I will give a prop bet myself. 
All right. Or you can deny the audience. It's up to you. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna let's recap and then we'll see if Scott wants the audience to get another pick or not. So Fez, give us both your pick. Or you got, you know, both games, and we'll just go around the. So horn. Kansas City, Cincinnati over 47. Mm-hmm. Best bet. I also look towards Philly to go under 46 and a half. And best sports movie. I'm gonna go Hoop Dreams documentary. Now that is a that is an, a strong, a very strong. Mm-hmm. That's that's a very culture take. I like that take as well. Uh, my my bet is first half over 23, Cincinnati and Kansas City. Uh, opinion is C-Mac, Christian McCaffrey, over 98.5 rushing slash receiving yards. And we've got a crossfire on that yep. one. Yep, and I'm going to go Raging Bull. I'm going to go Raging Bull. <sighs> Raging Bull almost transcends sports movies. I agree. It's probably It might be. The funny thing is Raging Bull might be the best movie ever made. Mm. So good. Oh my gosh! You know, Scorsese almost had, went insane during. I mean, he was so into that movie. There was a scene where uh, the guy who played on Cheers, that played Coach, was playing a mobster in that movie, right? Yeah. And they walk in, they offer him a a, a, a drink, and he refuses it, which causes trouble. But the drink order from someone was a, a Cuddy Sark, I think is how you pronounce it, if that's right, and. It, he wasn't intelligible, and Scorsese said he would go out and tell people not to watch the movie if they couldn't, fi- you know, do sound editing to fix that. Like, like a drink being said in a mm. bar. He was that fanatical about it. What a movie. Ray, never got me down, Ray. <laughs> I mean, if you ever want to encapsulate that character, that line, he gets killed, and he says, you never got me down. <laughs> So you agree with uh, best sports movie? I, I don't even think uh, you're right. It's so good. It's uh, yeah, yeah. It's I mean Rocky is like nothing. I, mean, <laughs> I love and I love Rocky. Yeah. I love it. Have you seen Raging Bull? Right? Yes. Did it win Best Picture? Yeah. Uh, you Raging know something? Bull? Now that I think about it, uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, Ordinary People won, and that's considered one of the great catastrophes of all time. McKen- can you check that, please? I think it was Ordinary People. Or Kramer versus Kramer. I can't remember. Um, I don't think it won, though. In fact, I'm sure it didn't because Scorsese didn't win until mm. the, the party. Yeah. Yeah. Um, great pick. What's your final two? Uh, Bull Durham. Great movie. Great movie. Probably, yeah. So I'd go Rocky, Bull Durham, and then Field of Dreams. Oh. One play catch. <laughs> your sandals have. I'm about to cry right now. Your sandals <laughs> have have fungus on them. When you come, when you when you make the bigs, you can have fungus on your sandals. People say you got character. No, you're in the, the minors. The, the line. You're a slob. The, the line is the best line is. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, sometimes it rains. You know, you want to hear a, an admission? I've never seen Field of Dreams. Hmm. What? Yeah, I've never seen. What was the other movie you named? Bull Durham. Yeah, I've seen that. Rocky. Yeah, I've seen that. But there was one movie that you would think for sure I've seen, and I have Have you seen Remember the Titans? No. It's very that, good. I like excellent. that one a lot. I like excellent. that, too. I mean, I like the concept I've heard. Yeah, yeah. yeah excellent um, movie. And I like... Denzel was in that, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Great. Okay. Um, no, not... Oh. A League of Their Own? What? That was good also. No. Tom Hanks? No. Major League. Better than Field of Dreams. Major League, yeah. Major League is her. That's it. Field of Dreams I didn't see. Or was that the one I said just... The Natural? Oh, The Natural I didn't see. That's it. The Natural. Roy Hatch. Though I've seen the one where... I've seen the scene where he hits it off the Mm -hmm. wall or something. No, the... The lights off the lights. Field of Dreams and it's the... I don't know. So a couple years ago I created for March Madness. You know, everyone does their own novelty brackets or whatever. Like Mm -hmm. it becomes a thing. So I did the greatest fictional athlete of all time bracket. 
mm-hmm. and I put it out for listeners, put it out on Twitter. People vote for it, and the winner was Rocky. So, and, and, and the and I it, it's it's true because Rocky is like the only fictional athlete that people actually think is real. Like there's a Chuck real Weber. there's a real statue of him in Philadelphia. So there's no denying he's the greatest fictional athlete of all time. He wasn't even the best fictional fighter in his own universe. Doesn't matter though. He's got a real statue in real life. Yeah. So he's not saying best is in the most dominant. Yeah. I I would have bet Apollo Creed minus one fifty if they would have had a third fight. They, they did, did have a third fight behind closed doors. And door. we found out yeah. in Creed what happened. Mm, yeah. yeah. Apollo won. That's what he said. Mm-hmm. Though, again, when they had they bit their glove to have, like, a mouth guard. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think age, before, age before beauty. All right, By so, the way, okay. great recall. Ordinary people. Was that right? 1980. All Over right. Coal Miner's Daughter, The Elephant Man, Tess, and Raging Bull. Didn't have the, the other three weren't much of a competition. <laughs> the Elephant Man? That was, I mean, that was, that was uh, powerful. If I'm not mistaken, that was um, David Lynch. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know a few things about me. Oh, look, here's the year you look at this Raging Bull. Wow. Now, I really think Atlantic City, see, that's a movie. I think Burt, not Burt Reynolds, Burt Lancaster, I think, was, I've never seen it, but um, yeah. Wow. Oh, Reds was one of the worst movies of all time. How oh, the hell did you that know, get You know Hollywood <laughs> You know, here's the thing I don't get, Fez. Like a year or two ago, you knew like three movies. Now you're quoting obscure movie. Like what the it's hell? Not obscure. They, it got nominated for best picture. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm saying just in general, you've had more movie quotes in the last like two months. And do, I've, do you know why? A father why? gives me perspective. kids getting older. Yeah. Oh, so you watch them? We start okay. to watch movies together. Okay, yeah. that's cool. That's cool. And it makes let's, sense. Let's, let's pull up some of these. Yes. Like How let's b- watch these Raiders of the Lost Ark and the like. I, I'm gonna give a quick movie recommendation to. All, oh, by the way, I just saw an 82. The Verdict. Talk about it, a performance by Newman. Paul Newman. You, I want to get your opinion on something. Go ahead. 1994 Best Picture. All right. Who was it? Oh, let me, let me guess. Uh, the Tarantino movie, right? Uh, what, what a tragedy it was. I, I would <laughs> I would argue Shawshank Redemption could have been in that because it was the same year. It was Forrest Gump, Pulp Fiction, Shawshank Redemption. That's kind of the dis- quiz show and Four Weddings and a Funeral were also uh-huh. in it. But those three, I think you can make a good case for any, but I think it tells you a lot about a person, which of those three is their preference. That's true. That's true. Pulp's got to be number one. Something's wrong with you if well, you Gump don't was agree the with me. Gump was the yeah. winner. I mean, it's the lowest common denominator. I mean, the, <laughs> the reality is, is the arty movies don't... I mean, it's like the Velvet Underground in music, right? They they sold 5,000 records. They said everyone that bought one started a band. Like, <laughs> like some... Like some, Lou Reed's band in, this, in Andy Warhol, The Banana. So, yeah, I don't... I, listen, you ever go to the theater and see when there's like some movie Latin out, some talking eight elephant or something, and the people would storm out with the popcorn over their eyes and, and in their hair? You want to see? I like it when there's hardly anyone in the theater. I like that theater. It's almost like it's a private. If I walk in, there's more than five people, I'm thinking I'm at the wrong movie. <laughs> All right, Mackenzie, you got anything to wrap? No. Indeed. Are you napping? <laughs> Just listening. Is that right? Which what, what, what kind of person are you? Are you a Forrest Gump? I have a I watch Forrest Gump almost every year in the holidays when they play it on cable. But I would have to say Pulp Fiction is the better movie. Okay, good stuff, guys. I got one more thought about the game, and then we'll go to our uh, time shift with some really good stuff. Faz shined here. Forget his movie quotes. This is where he shined. Though his movies are. How about this? You're watching movies with Johnny now, right? Yeah. Why don't you give us every once in a while just like what you've watched? You don't have to give us and maybe one imitation from each one. 
We'll do it at the very end, starting next, you know, soon. We start this week. No, next week. Next week. Sounds good. You've done. You've you've reached your quota. <laughs> but I think people should are surprised or or would be surprised if they really dug into how good Kansas City's defense has been in the second half of the year. So we're looking at the EPA. All right. So Mackenzie, this first page of the printout. Is going to be the EPA, right? The margin expected, yes. Expected margin. All right. And then the second is YPP, fourth quarter wind share, QB composite. Oh, no. So I'm actually going to want. Oh, and then it's then. Okay. We'll look at those two. Uh, so this is just EPA and it's defense. Okay. Is. Oh, wow. This isn't so good, is it? Yeah, right, I was so, gonna, but I was what gonna I'm saying say. is, let's, let's look. Here's what's interesting, though. Let's look at the net uh, or the adjusted yards per attempt, which actually is something that Pro Football Reference does, and it's the most predictive of scores of any single stat. Right, Mackenzie? Nothing we found was better than that. Was YPP didn't grade as good. Yards didn't grade as good. Yeah, I mean, nothing has great, even a drive success rate, none of it. So this is a really powerful stat, which is effectively it's yards per attempt, adjustments for touchdowns, you get extra yards, and downgrades for interceptions is effectively what it is. So it's like— This is the net? The net Offense for minus defense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, so this is the defensive side. And in the first— Mm, one, two, three, four, five, six weeks. They had two weeks in the green, which means good, mm. right? One break even, three down. From there on, their defense was above average in all but one game. The Cincinnati was the only game. They were minus 1.3 points uh, or minus 1.3 on this yards, I guess, in this case, right? And, per attempt, yep. Yeah. And otherwise, they were... Up five, three, three, three. I mean, if you look at the bars, it's like they are way above the 75th percentile and now the you know the 60th percentile. Look at that. Is that is impressive. So I think it's this new age where you look at the normal stats, D looks okay. But remember, they got a very specific plan for the playoffs and how they go about it. And it looks like the other team's having trouble passing, and that's all you can hope for in this modern era. I think that's um, again. Cincinnati seems to have their number, so we'll see. So if they get past Cincinnati, maybe the buy is blinking for them in the Super Bowl. Well, especially if Mahomes is ankle. I mean, yeah, you got to wonder. Weeks. So, all right, guys, good stuff. We're gonna any closing thoughts? All right, we're gonna shift then to the time shift. We'll be back next week, normal schedule, and don't forget, straight out of Vegas AM. Every morning, you can't wake up or too early. Well, if you do, you're up too early. But it's at what, like 4.30, 5? 4.45 a.m. Eastern time. Yeah, so if you're up before that, kudos, most of you. It's Make it part of your morning routine. These guys are killing it. And A.J., hot in college basketball, hot in the NFL. Scott, hot in hockey. These guys have a very complimentary way about them. Listen in and listen. Oh, well, Fez. We, we'll do your out now, and then we'll go to the time shift. So go, baby. Hey. Hey. Let's be careful out there. Don't so much better with two haze. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to you next week. But but if you're doing in-game per play, you can't really do it yourself. You no. can only have some type of 
coefficient or multiplier that you have ready to go to say, hey, this state has been reached. Let's juice up the. Now, I never thought of this before. I'm not an in game batter. Is usually with bats, there's some element of if it's lopsided or not. That the action, it's not like it's 50-50. That's not always the goal of the book. That's kind of theoretical for the people writing textbooks can talk about a million on one side, a million on the other, you make a hundred. The books want to get as much action as they can that's not negative EV for them or that's negative EV for the better. Um, how much does the action affect the in-game lines? Because they have an algorithm that's effectively trying to split the result. That's what that algorithm is trying to do. If, if, if all of a sudden everyone's betting one way, would the odds even be affected by that? Usually no, until halftime. And okay, then and the bookmaker's like, oh, wait a minute, we got 12 dimes here extra in Kansas City. We need to get some Bengal money. But within the, the play itself, the in-between time, the betting will affect it. Yes. So let's say the algorithm says it's even right now. A bunch of money comes in on Team A. They might be minus 130 by the time the next play goes. But then when the next play goes, whatever the algorithm, it, it has no knowledge. It has no consideration of that betting. It's now back to splitting the result. That I'm not sure about. I because, don't think it could. Because because I, I do think like there's... I, I didn't develop the thing. What's that? Well, the, I know. What's that line with the um, the Terminator? Like, why, why you're from the future? Why didn't you bring like these powerful ray guns to stop this guy? And he's like, look, I didn't build the thing. I just traveled in time. You know, I don't know. Um, so it makes sense that the <laughs> algorithm that, that you, the bets that you're taking. Um, if you're like, well, if the previous play the Bengals were plus one forty and the Bengals just gained seven yards on first down. Now, like, who cares? They were plus 120. Now they're plus 140. I should look at what that closing number was. And if they just had a positive oh, play. See, that would be. There see, should be an adjustment in that direction see, from that I, That's number. interesting. I wouldn't think so, only because it would be so prone to be exploited. Mm. Where there could, imagine a, a, a group of people on a uh, posting forum or, or on Discord that get together and say, okay, at this point, we should all bet one way. And move the line drastically, and then we can bet the next 10 plays the other way as it starts fading back. Right before they go to a TV timeout would be the time to do it. Oh, okay. Right? Because yeah. then the limits go through the roof. But instead, like, even, even at Bookmaker, like, it's, I think it's like a $500 limit before each play. Mm -hmm. All right? Mm -hmm. But then it's like, yeah, bet 3000 during the TV timeout. Because they figure, they figure they're not getting, they're worried about someone's got a feed this bad or someone's, exactly. at, someone's yeah. in the stadium. It's like, oh, it looks like a good play, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. This is fascinating. It's funny, you, uh, but you, I mean, you are, you follow the, now sometimes you're betting a bunch of games at once, but when it is an island game, if you see the game get bet or something get bet up in between plays, does it come back? I mean, you can see if it comes back at the pretty much the same number with the adjustment for the play. Do you think that's what it does? At, at DraftKings, mm -hmm. I can tell you they're very – they are much more prone to say if nothing significant happened, whatever happened the play before, all right, let's say there's a four-yard run, we're going to – the closing number, we're putting that closing number back up because that was a good number and nothing significant just happened. And when you say close, close between the – Between the plays, play. yeah. So okay. so, so I can I can speak for – like I pay a lot of attention to like the DraftKings um, live wagering and they – uh, they do adjust what the line they're going to put up. They don't base it on the algorithm. They're much more prone to look at, well, what was I dealing at the close at the previous play? So last question on this. Um, and again, I don't follow it as closely as you. When did uh, DraftKings uh, come to Nevada? They <laughs> have not come to Nevada. 
Oh, but they've come to Arizona. Oh, so you oh, okay? You so go down there? so it's thirty six minutes to to drive across the the dam. Isn't there, a, isn't there a cafe, a diner down there? <laughs> there is a rest stop. Is that right? Yes. There's like literally, and sometimes you go there and you like, just hang out down and there's there. There's like three cars that and, and, and it's, it's guess what? This is not like 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 different like like adults having a tryst, like meeting across the border. These are people betting on sports. Uh, my kids and my wife like to go to the uh, the Hoover Dam, and they like they like being able to st- the kids like to be able to stand in both states at the same time we've gone over there multiple times and seen fez sitting on the ledge putting in bets on his phone it's just everybody else is sightseeing his, his, his feet are dangling off the yeah end. yeah now is that the area where the three states meet or something no no no, no. Uh, it's just the, halfway across the dam it turns into arizona and you see fez over there re- uh. reaching across the border typing in his plays it's pretty good it's pretty good, it's pretty good. all right <laughs> See, we just we ask the hard hitting questions. Guys. Can we you did. see when Cal, Cowie goes legal? Like, but boy, that guy must really like to golf. He's always at that prim golf course across the border. <laughs> now, let me ask you: um, How has the market gone from what you expected? I Meaning, legalization happened. Um, from what I hear, this same game parlay stuff has been maybe the biggest one thing. That's got the recreational batters, just they love it. They love it. So you look at the hold. So we always, this this is like the RJ Bell original, the drunk baby who hasn't Flipping even coins. hasn't even done his research yet. It just if if bets team A or B minus one ten loses at four point five percent, the drunk baby does twice as well as the typical better in all these different states who lose at nine to ten percent. So th- that's the overall handle. That's nine the to 10? hold. That is the hold, and all, and, and, and on so average, the same game parlays. It's got to be 15, 18. Exactly, and wh- how can that possibly be? Because of these same game parlays that people are putting in, and they let you bet anything. So you can play Chase over with Higgins over with Burrow over, but you don't get paid six to one on that same game parlay. So it's taking the correlation out of it and more. Yes, it's pricing in the correlation with a turbo tax associated yeah. to it. And and when it's opaque, when it's not transparent. That's when they can do it, yes. right? Because how? Who's really? This isn't even settled math necessarily. What it should be? It's it, there's some art to it. So in a way, it's hard to say. Well, your hold's too high. It's like no one knows what the hold really is. I mean, you know what the hold is, not the, what the theo is though. Yes, the theoretical hold is uncertain because mm-hmm. you don't know what the correlations are. Yeah, it's too complicated. Now, at the same time, you have a circa here in town that's very ambitious as a sharp book. And I heard just recently an interviewer, so I can't recall where, um, that they've held from inception 3%. Yes. Which is a cancer gaming level. Their goal, according to Matt Metcalf, I've heard him say this, is to hold under 3%. Because, and, and that's back to the idea if you're hitting 57%, you're not betting enough games long term, is they want to they get so much action. If they're holding more than that, it means they're not making the bets appealing enough, Ex- would be the concept. Exactly. And so, circle all the time, let's say there's a stagnant market and everybody's dealing 10 on the game. It's not unusual. Eh, they go to a 9.5 or a 10.5, just kind of like kickstart the market, try to get some interest in that game. I love the way, and again, I don't go down, hang down there. I don't, uh, you know, I. I'm not like friends with anyone, but I love the mentality. Um, I mean, one, Steve, Derek Stevens, when COVID hit, he was in the midst of this huge expansion. 
and I heard him talk. You know, we did a nice interview with him a couple years ago, a long podcast, but he was talking about it after COVID and said that they he went to the office every day or every workday, I guess, during COVID. That no one else was there, but he wanted to keep going to just keep his momentum going. And others who would see him, it, it inspire them. To me, imagine you got millions of dollars, right? Which his net worth certainly was in the millions before all this, before the big expansion. Who knows? It might have been a hundred million. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And then you risk pretty much it all, or a big chunk, you'd think. And then the, uh, let's, what could happen? The weather could be bad, or how about a pandemic, a worldwide pandemic? Mm -hmm. That is the mm -hmm. bad. And somehow to come out the other end of that. In, in in better shape than you would have if you would say circa in that conglomerate down there right before covid what did we expect from it three years from now i think they've exceeded expectations even if you don't consider covid absolutely so to me i love that but i also love the the ambition of the book this is what we've always wanted and i yes, think you no appreciate pricing it. of things you look at that the cockroaches the futures market you, you, you know what you don't think the Bengals are going to win? You can bet. No, they're not going to win the Super Bowl. Fair straddles on both sides. Exactly. Theo holds a 5%. You know? Yeah, and they consistently, in golf, like sports like that, they consistently have the best numbers and the lowest hold. And, and, and if you asked me, like, I'm, RJ knows. A lot of bookmakers, they don't like me so much. <laughs> all right? So it's, all, it's a different. Fez, name five bookmakers in town that like you. Ooh, can I name can if I they name like three? You, if they like you, it's probably a problem. I don't think I can come up with five. I mean, you, um, you don't want them to like. But you. I'm like, I'm going to count him as a bookmaker. He owns everything. So, so, but I would put like the top three. I'd say Derek Stevens, Jeff Benson, and Matt Metcalf, and they all work or or own Circa. So the one place of figures that, and this is the model that Pinnacle to some degree. Back in the day, uh, bookmaker. I think Cantor for sure had this model, and and I, you know, Maddie Holt's a friend, and uh, but even before that, Colbert, someone I spent a lot of time talking. Very sharp. I mean, if you don't, you know, there's a lot of stuff that went down legally, and it caught, really brought down Cantor. Um, yes, no doubt. But again, their ambition was the same. I mean, in a weird way, it was identical. If you think about it, it was high volume, three percent. And and we want to let we can we'll take the bet because we're going to learn more from the bet than the bet costs us whatever the ROI is the or the uh, positive EV of the better let's just say they bet a hundred and uh, it's a ten percent or not eight percent let's say all right so they just made eight thousand dollars effectively by making that bet cancer just lost in this back then eight thousand but could they make more than eight thousand from the knowledge of that bet mm -hmm. and it feels like the the reason you're welcome. Uh, at Circa is because they figure, yeah, when Fez bets, he's going to have a positive EV a vast majority of the time. But what we learn from him is worth it. That, I mean, it's it's the model that we've always said can happen. Yeah, and imitation is the greatest form of flattery. And you look at um, I think getting paid is, but that's yeah. Yeah. the <laughs> you look at Caesars and this model's been so successful for Circuit they have reinvented themselves um, Caesars Harris where they are they become like much more like Circuit where they for a while they were backing people off not letting them play and and they reached out to people like myself that they weren't letting play before and they're like you know what we want you back in there come on well, in that's great now if you don't have listen here's the thing though look how deep the bench is at circa with talent yes i mean they you know they got the fourth fifth guy there sounds sharper than most books have on, on no doubt and so now i hope caesar's the, you know i don't i wish him to lose 
as much as possible without stopping this approach. Got that's like the Richie, that's, Richie Bocciolari's coming in off the bench. <laughs> He's not even on the starting the lineup. Coming yeah. in the I mean, that's a that's a great point, actually, if you think about it. And and I mean, South Point also uh, a lot of talent, though not as ambitious in regards to the Sharps. But that's an old. Like back in the day, the Sharps. No it, one is going to question the talent from the from the Hall of Fame bookmakers at the South. Point. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree, and but. I don't think in the 70s and 80s it ever was about welcoming welcoming the wise guys. Yeah. So this was really that's why Cantor caused such a stir when they hit town. No one knew what to do with it, mm-hmm. and it's a shame in hindsight that it went down because who knows where it would be. Um, last question, and I guess only two games. This is a good day to have this conversation, though we're digging deep. Um, on the other hand, the way DraftKings and uh, FanDuel and the biggest boys have been has been disappointing. You'd say, and not just for the wise guys. I get it. The, you know, if you would have asked me eighteen months ago, I would have said they've been fantastic, phenomenal. These guys are just taking big action, putting up product like crazy. Love these guys. And if you're a recreational batter, the amount of ambition they've had with the offerings, I think, has been outstanding. That, you know, that's a great point for the guy betting twenty dollars a game, or, or two hundred, or even two hundred a game. It's 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 the best book he's got the, because he's got the, the the most options. Like right now, I go to Circa. I can't bet on Mahomes' pass yards, but I can do it at, at DraftKings and FanDuel. You know, they they're have- scared. They're scared in a weird way, and no one wants to say this because it goes against their interest. But the more wise guys that bet at a book, the worse it is for the recreational batter because one, it sharpens up the line. But number two, it prevents them from putting some stuff up that could be exploited by 1% of people while 99 would enjoy the offerings. You know, this is a great question because it, it, it all depends. And here's why. No, I, was tell, I was stating a fact. It, but, it but, but I don't know. I, I agree with it directionally. <laughs> but in terms of now your teaser odds go down, your parlay odds go down, et cetera. But we're, I tell you what really helps the recreational better. The recreational better plays overs. And the recreational better plays favorites, and so usually what happens is that mm. y- y- if you have if, he, if the recreational player plays at stations or coast, yeah. he gets his teeth kicked in because he's playing over fifty one, but he gets to play over forty nine and a half at circa. If it was only one book in the world that that applies, but the fact that they can have an out, mm. a second out with a sharp, they don't need to have like a half a sharp book. Yeah. In a weird way, you'd want the books to be extreme in both. You'd of want, course, yeah. So, but you last thing you said something I don't agree with. I don't think that the sharps are the only reason the parlay odds aren't low at a certain book. If a book wants to be sharp, yeah, they got to offer good odds. But if DraftKings doesn't don't want your action anyway, if they don't want your action anyway, you think they care what you think of their parlay odds? Uh, they don't care, but if they just if, let's say their pay a book was paying fourteen to five. Yeah. Okay. You know, I'm not saying there's no price sensitivity. What I'm saying is the sharps being in a book or not being in a book doesn't affect the parlay odds in any way. That, that you said, well, the parlays go down, the teasers. go What do you mean? Why? If anything, they, recreational players allow the books to offer more, so they seem competitive, but they got kind of uninformed players thus they can they can still make their hold yes but if they pay 104 for one on a 17 parlay card then they can't offer that because the the wise guys will just be like the, you know the, send everybody in to but they're not that. allowed you know now banned. it's a, now yeah and not a whole bunch of people are banned yeah um do you believe last question do you believe the same game parlays because there was a guy at pff that hit one for fifty thousand, and he's like a real he's a young guy 
I think he goes to U- University of Michigan, um, but he's super analytical. Mm-hmm. And his and his handicap, his thesis is make a ton of sense a lot. He he hit one for fifty. It was like you know, I don't know, fourteen different things in the same game. Do you believe there's any exploitability? Can these be exploited, or was that just a smart guy getting lucky? They're extremely exploitable. Okay, and, and you don't. You know, again, this is one that we may want to think about do a podcast on, maybe you know. Mm-hmm. But but you think there's certain ways to do it, and Ex- I'll okay. give an example. Yeah. So the, the Draymond Green game, mm-hmm. where Draymond was, um, the, the, they finally had um, Clay came back for Golden State, so they had the core players back, but Draymond was banged up, and so he was going to sit that night. I was like, you know what? I wanted to be here when Clay got back, so. Everybody knew what was going to – everyone didn't know the night before, mm-hmm. but the day of the game, right before the game, everybody knew that Draymond was going to be in the starting lineup and then he wasn't going to play anymore. So he played 18 seconds. So on the same game, probably, I think I'm going to play green under you know, assists and points and rebounds mm-hmm. and parlay it to everything. Okay. So the theory is – now, this is a great example. If your win percentage expected is 55%, then the parlays – you know, are actually, if you know, you're, here's the funny thing. If you know, you're going to hit 55, the parlays pay better. Like that, that's the, the ROI is higher. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now you have to bet less according to Kelly criterion because they're inherently more, more risky. All right. So I, if you were going to race, oh, if we're going to okay, race to a billion, all right, I if you play parlay part. and we both start with 10,000 and we both hit 55% and you play parlays and I play straights, I actually get there first. That's fine. But, but my ROI is better. Yes. And the difference is I can't risk the amount that I should for risk of ruin to keep up with you. Yes. That's a a fascinating concept. Okay. But what we know for sure is if you're hitting 65% by something like this, right, some information that's Mm -hmm. rare, now all of a sudden the parlays pay astronomically well. Yes. And that's part of the reason. It's not just you got good inside information because the theory is, well, on that not inside information, but insight, because under that theory, single bets would be great too. But there's a multiplier effect at sixty some percent that that sends it through the stratosphere. A- exactly. And so let's say there's a three hundred dollar limit on the Draymond Green. Well, I can play three thousand parlays at eighty dollars each. Who cares what I parlay to? I'll parlay it to if I play Draymond Green under. I'll just throw darts and parlay it to everything. You know, I'll overs and unders on every other player. Who cares? I'm going to win. So you do like Draymond under assists, under rebounds, under points with Steph over. Sure. And then you do the three of them with Steph under. Why not? I like it. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, Now, you don't have to wonder anymore why the books don't like Fez. Imagine every day it's like a – it's almost like if you're a terrorist, you worry the United States might blow you up at any time. Is if you're a bookmaker, you got to worry, did I put one number up wrong? that somehow I've missed something, and Fez and all his cohorts are going to come swooping in like buzzards. Scooping up all the parlay scooping cards. Scooping up all the parlay cards. Speaking of which, I have I have our ROI on the, oh, on the okay, question they asked me. So the question was, okay, I can lay minus 135 on a money line, mm-hmm. like I can with the Eagles, mm-hmm. and if I can get back a plus three on the Niners, mm-hmm. what's my ROI? So what I did is, um, and it really doesn't matter whether the right number should be three, Two and a half or two. It does not matter because I'm going to bet equal amounts on the, on each side. I'm going to bet it to, you know. But um, in this case, you know the the number that's more off is the minus 130, right? Uh, no, I don't know that. Okay. They're, they're okay. close. And it's minus 135. So what, it, so what I did is I said, you know, just for to, to make it easy, I said, let's assume the correct line is minus two and a half. Okay. Uh-huh. 
In that case, minus 135 is pretty much the fair. Minus 135 plus 135, the bid ask. Mm-hmm. No vig. That's no about vague. correct. So if I bet that um, to win 100, I, I, bet a, I bet a dollar 100 times, all right? I, I break even in the long run, okay? So I risk 135. I don't make, I don't make nothing. But I take plus three 100 times. I'll go 50 wins, 40 losses, 10 ties. Might, might be only nine ties, but you get, you get the idea. That is going to win me six units. So what happens if I'll risk 245 units, I'll win six. Six divided by 245 is a nice 2.45% ROI. Awesome. Now, the very fact, the way you figured it, it tells you that the better bet was the plus three. Because I assumed that the market yeah. number was You're two saying it could be a little bit the other but way. But if I assume 2.75, the better bet would be the minus one. But the ROI stays the same effectively. It, it, yeah. I mean, it would be different by a little bit. Like, yeah. You know, maybe by 0.3, you know, but it doesn't really matter. So uh, a really good bet has a temper, you know, that you're naked on a normal bet, 10%. ROI is a you know an excellent bet. Right? Yes, you'd be, if you had a fifty-seven and a half percent bet, that's a ten percent ROI, and minus one ten. And with these small edges, the theory is if you have a, many of them, you can get a lot of money in action. And it's funny, I was back to that last thing about the books. And, and, and I'm sorry to interrupt. This no, is not this is not a small edge to put things in perspective. This is like a blackjack player playing with like a plus six true count, where yeah, he would be shoving but, out these enormous stacks of blacks. You know, playing like, wow, this is this is like going to be my best bet opportunity of the night. You know something? Here's where I – you're right, and here's where I got it wrong, and I think it's noteworthy. If you're betting 2.5% edges on naked bets, I think that's a big problem because you, if, you, if you're just off a little bit – in blackjack, you know the math, right? Yes, you're you're con- you have a lot of confidence, but here you're just you're just guessing. But here, because you are doing a true arbitrage, there is no risk of that. Exactly, it, we the know line- what falls one, two, and three. And if, yeah, fine. The Eagles should have been in retrospect. The Eagles should have been a six point favorite, or, or no, the Niners should have been a two point favorite. Don't care. Yeah, Doesn't I mean, if, if it's six, then the normal distribution, it's less are going to fall in that. It's going to hurt me a little yeah, bit, but, but not ba- a lot. Yeah. So you've got a bet that you can't lose in the long term mm-hmm. if you get a hundred or a thousand of them. Exactly. In a career. Yes. And that's the way you need to think. 